that lightning with all the might. It caused the And we bought a mic. We bought a mic. We bought a mic. And I we bought a mic. We bought a mic. Okay. We bought a mic. Hello. Hi. Welcome. We want to thank Led Zeppelin. Bye, guys. Bye, Led. <laughs> That's it. Thanks, Robert. Led and the boys. We <laughs> bought a mic. A pop culture podcast. Welcome to episode 12 here. Wow. Where we talk the latest in uh, film, TV, music, movies, cinema, etc., etc. My name is Ernest Calderon. Uh, my name is Hunter Mobley. Drew Deaton. And here joining us today is a very special guest. Mr. Harry Sayer, uh, welcome you. to the show. Glad to be here. This is what my life's been leading to, right here. Notable uh, yeah. Marvel diehard. Yeah, from yeah. the way back. Yeah. Die hard, try hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Our old friend from college. Um, all right, so today we're going to be getting into our big fatty review of Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. the new Marvel. Um, spoilers: it's it's a good Marvel. Um, <laughs> I marveled the yeah. whole time. I think we can all marveling. probably agree at the very least that it was a good movie. Yeah. Right? And then we're going to be getting into what we've been watching, um, but then also a lot of movie news to talk about. Lots of stuff went on this week. Yeah, stuff's been happening. Yeah, stuff has been happening. <laughs> but before we get to any of that, I did want to issue a uh, sincere apology for the audio quality <laughs> of last week's episode. You want to explain how you how that, you fucked that up, Ernest? That, <laughs> that was my bad, guys. Um, I just, I got too excited. It's tough to be an engineer and a host at the same time, and sometimes wow. things will slip right past yeah, you. Yeah, so if you guys are looking for an engineer for your up-and-coming podcast, don't hire Ernest. No. If you yeah. want a host, hire him. I heard that you also recorded the entire show in Portuguese, which could have been a problem for mm, some people. Si, senor. Yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's uh, let's just dive right into it because we got a lot to talk about. First, we got Netflix. Two big Netflix stories here. One is we've got a first look at their ratings for yes. Stranger Things. Nielsen finally figured out how to get ratings from Netflix because Netflix has been super secretive forever. Like they will not tell you how many. They wouldn't even tell their content creators how many people are watching their shit. So finally, we got news. On Stranger Things, what I heard was within the first uh, few days of it, a little bit over 15 million people had wow. seen. Wow, seems like a lot. Of Stranger Things, <laughs> you it does seem like a lot, but part of me was actually thinking it would be more because that is below CBS's The Good Doctor. Huh. Well, Yikes. that's just. I mean, it's still about. Well, I think that the difference between something like that's on CBS on a major network and something on Netflix is something that's on Netflix is people choosing to watch yeah. that where there's many people in older generations who just keep like just keep their tv on the same channel yeah. all day long that's, so it's yeah. gonna register that's i mean that's cbs's entire mo is like cbs it's on is right. that 15 million different accounts or different people watching them it's different it's I different accounts no it's yeah it's not they don't know how many people per. And you can have you can have five people per account right? exactly i don't that's pay for my netflix that's actually yeah that's a good question <laughs> because in that case it would, i'm sure it would be more like a good amount more um but yeah either way that's i mean that's huge for them that puts them above almost every show on tv yeah um so yeah that's pretty big and then also they said within the first uh like two nights or so three hundred sixty thousand people had seen all of it Jeez. 
Um, <laughs> which is yeah, it's I, not I know, super surprising. I know a few people Netflix who did. Model, uh, yeah. yeah. I made it halfway, then I had to go through <laughs> responsibilities. Oh, through Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. With Stranger Things, I like I like giving it a little time to breathe yeah. between eps. Um, there's some shows that you can watch like a shitload in a row. With Stranger Things, it's like I'll watch. If you watch two in a row, that's a movie, essentially. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's kind of like, we talked about it a little bit on the last week's episode, but I feel like Stranger Things is one of those shows that would have really benefited if Netflix went away from its whole dumping entire season at one time, and they released just a few episodes at a time to kind of let him breathe a little bit more, let you kind of sit and digest on each episode. But Hulu model. But, yeah. Or, you know, any other television Anything else. Yeah, literally anything else (laughs) except for Netflix. When does Hulu, what does Hulu Uh, do that that for? They for 11-22-63. Oh, the James Franco? Yeah, Yeah. Um, and they, you know, and... I think the balloons come off the rose a bit for just like binge watching because I just I don't feel like I'm really digesting it's much too material. overwhelming yeah you don't really internalize yeah it, the know? thing is like I may be better off in terms of uh you know absorbing the content if they did that but people would be so fucking mad yep. if they released it one at a time they'd be like well th- your whole thing is like their marketing is based on binging like a lot yeah. of it they have commercials that like are like oh yeah you're a fucking idiot you sit in front of the tv all day <laughs> netflix just that, just that moment of shame where it's waste like, your entire sunday in front of the yeah, tv there's that moment of shame where it just you know it, it, it asks you to skip through the credits to get to the next episode and, you know you're, and sometimes you just do it <laughs> and now it asks if you want to skip the intro to oh, things yeah and whenever i just watch the office on repeat it's like why the hell would i want to skip this intro never like, skip the office intro yeah. uh i can do that for like orange is the new black i'm good skipping that intro okay because well, it's i love the strangers things intro i love that intro yeah, yeah. i never skip it if, if the intro is like a minute minute and a half it's cool but it's like three and a half minutes well like, i yeah, used to it got black. to the point uh whenever i still watched house of cards where i would kind of skip <laughs> nope. ahead of the two minute house of cards that's a, intro yeah, it's a long intro it's a long intro of just like lingering shots yeah. it's a man taking nighttime a dc it's a man taking a walk like recording the nighttime dc landscape david fincher is like this is fucking art (laughs) you know that's really the only problem that i uh, have heard about with house of cards yeah that's it as of recent (laughs) (laughs) that's a good segue yeah i'm skipping ahead in our list yeah let's let's get right to it um kevin spacey is a bitch (laughs) or at least that's what it says in our notes here uh, if you scroll down to your show notes, I think that's accurate. Though, I definitely have that. Kevin Spacey is a bitch. Yeah, yeah. That guy sucks. He's a I piece guess, of shit. Have we not talked about it at all? No. So the news broke that uh, Kevin Spacey is just another um, big Hollywood guy in the series of however many big Hollywood power figures being accused of various levels of sexual yeah, misconduct, but- from harassment to rape even with uh, Harvey Weinstein yeah. and then in an sad. attempt to deflect from these accusations he <laughs> came out of the closet which is insulting to everyone involved yeah it's particularly it's insulting vile. to me like it's-, yeah. <laughs> it's it's gross and he thought I mean I guess it was his PR team but someone thought that that would work someone thought that like yeah well, people and you know what, people it, like that what's sad is in a way it kind of did like I, I saw an article on uh, I don't remember if it was on Facebook or what it was uh, last week whenever this whole news came out and it just said like Kevin Spacey comes out as homosexual totally ignoring wow. the fact why he came out gay just because he well, was Well that's what accusing. the PR team managed to do within yeah. the course of a couple hours they, they managed they managed to spin but the story He did lose his job on that very yeah. popular show well, See here's so. the thing That's good It was a coincidence that it was the same day that Netflix announced that they were going to renew House of Cards for a sixth and final season. That had absolutely nothing to do with the Kevin Spacey story. It just happened to be on that same day. I didn't know that. So it was.
was like this mess of stories of it being convoluted. Netflix, that was not part of uh, the whole Kevin Spacey thing was not part of their decision yeah. to cancel, hmm. to end the show. Um, but now he's he's out. He's totally yeah, out. And now, it, well, now it's coming out that he made the set of House of Cards toxic with his uh, predatory behavior yeah. toward its particularly young male like production oh, assistants. God. So, Jesus. cats out of the bag. Kevin Spacey sucks. So, what do you guys think is going to happen with House of Cards? Well, if they focus it on his wife with the name of the actress, I'm currently forgetting. Robin, Robin Wright. Wright. Robin Wright. I mean, they just make it hers. I personally it think her. House of Cards is not a good show, but I am very interested by uh, Robin Wright led. Yeah, kind of final I, season. for sure. I, mean, I never, I haven't watched the most recent, ep- the most recent season of House of Cards, just because the last season before last that came out really like it really drained my patience and it got to the point where I was really struggling to finish it I was finishing it just because I felt the need to yeah. and finally I got done with it and I'm like alright I'm done with the show which I feel like that's the main reason why Netflix is ending House of Cards is because it's looking at the numbers and seeing that its viewership and its ratings are dropping yeah. lower and lower. I mean, lower. that's that's the narrative with not only like critics saying you know it's it's kind of sloping downward but also just anecdotally everyone I've talked to yeah. Like, well, right, see, for me, it's more of living in a post-2016 election world and trying to watch this show where, like, the machinations of the White House are, like, evil, highly intelligent, that's, plotting yeah, villains. Not, that's, like, why do you want that right yeah, now? Yeah, that, that, that was another big reason why I didn't want to watch the show is because, like, I don't want to watch a guy who's just, like... A fucking evil psychopath being the president. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, I don't want to watch that. And he doesn't particularly change. He just is an evil, power-hungry guy. Yeah, exactly. Hours gaming hours more and power. There's no real best, arc. Yes, yeah, and doing his best I, Foghorn Leghorn impression <laughs> <of> the camera. <laughs> That's all I'll it say, is. I'll say, I say, a president. Yeah, there are you know. two kinds of pain. I'll say, I'll say, I like, sit the, on the first you. scene of that show is him like killing a dog, yeah. choking the dog, and he's just like, "I will kill this dog because I want power and yeah. I am ruthless." And every episode is. Much going. like the final scene of the first episode of The Leftovers. I, you know, I've actually not gotten to the dog. Um, back on House of Cards. Great, great, great uh, transition to something we're like, not going to talk like about. Every, I feel like Ever. every episode has uh, Ernest trying to transition to, uh, to left, Leftovers. Yeah, that's like my life <laughs> as well. Um, great sandwich, but by the way. I, I read a great article a few years ago by Andy Greenwald, friend of the pod, who um, he, he made a good point, which was like, I'm sure Washington almost wants us to think that uh, the, let like the inner machinations yeah. of Congress yes. and the White House are more like House of Cards, yeah. where everyone's a fucking genius who's plotting <laughs> plotting ten steps ahead all their sinister plans. When really it's probably more like Veep. Yeah, that's yes, exactly, exactly what I was just thinking. Is yeah. it's more like Veep. It's a bunch of people who are just like, well, this seemed like an easy job to do. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. <laughs> yeah, I'm every, just getting paid. Yeah, every... like the, the truth lies in between those two things. Yeah. But like, especially now, like we happen to know that that's not the case. At right. This point. Yeah, every right. person, most of the people, I think, working right now are like one of the three stooges just you know some variation on that theme. Yeah. before we move on um did you guys see that there is actually a petition to replace kevin spacey with kevin james yeah, I did. <laughs> as, oh, I'm in. yeah, yeah. they got a lot of signatures <laughs> as too. frank underwood that oh, would be man. the best season it's not gonna Thrones. happen yeah. but what if and then <laughs> and then two seasons into that they would replace robin white right with uh leah ramini oh, like, like they did on kevin with, can wait i you know, <laughs> they'd replace her with a robin williams hologram <laughs> <laughs> you know maybe to play devil's advocate i do it is an interesting if like if they do kind of have it focus on robin wright it 
I can't think of a show that like with its sixth season has an entirely different protagonist that's been connected to the main one and just that seems like a very different kind of yeah. thing and that could be interesting. It would well, be in, cool. Could be. In the fifth season, the, I didn't, didn't I didn't finish no. it, but I watched, I think, half of it mm -hmm. and she is essentially elevated to main character okay. status. Like that season ends with her being the president. Oh, so might awesome. as well just give it to her, you know. Yeah, okay, that's the, the bulk for a show. I'm oh, not going to watch. The bulk yeah. of the season is them <laughs> both being president, which is really weird and doesn't really make it's sense. Dumb, show. but <laughs> it is a dumb I don't show. Know. It's just like that. That show, like it. I that, think it that, started very strong. First season's great. Yeah, yeah. love then, the first season. The beginning of the second season has like one of the like yeah, best fucking kill Zoe. Plot twists. That's yeah. what you're talking about, right? I yeah. Just, yeah. yeah, it just that 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 was the show that kind of made me realize that maybe like each show being twelve to fourteen episodes might not be a good use of anyone's time. Like, <laughs> and an hour long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fifty five. Let's cut it in Oof. half. Yeah, like we, ten. We, ten <laughs> is good. Ten is good at most. You know, yeah. like, mm. uh, Stranger Things season one was eight episodes. Like, yeah. That's yeah, perfect. Um, you nailed it. Really quick. Speaking of uh, Finch backed Netflix shows I've heard because we talked a little bit about Mindhunter mm -hmm. haven't uh, seen it I, 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 it. I saw the oh really okay so I saw the pilot and I was very underwhelmed but I've heard that by most accounts that it gets a lot better than the pilot uh, it, it does it definitely does it, it definitely builds but it does have the kind of it, it has this problem near the last three or so episodes where it just kind of peters out into this more generic kind of like okay i've heard that to... i've heard that thought as well yeah, well how involved is fincher i don't know i, I'm, uh, I mean he directed it's three episodes i believe uh, he directed the pilot ep essentially means anything you want it to yeah. so he could be like eating chips giving the thumbs up on the side yeah he'd be like <laughs> hey you know. kiddo yeah because yeah. <laughs> greenwald and and chris ryan were really digging it on the watch and yeah. i'm just like really is this show that good it, like, i mean i you know yes I, at times at times yes i think for future reference watching the pilot of something and then talking about it on the pod may be counter intuitive mm -hmm. to giving people good info because yeah. shows deserve a season at least to grow and, and especially for netflix shows that you know don't have any desire to make pilots really stand out because they don't have any expectations to you know like catch the audience they really just treat it as chapter one of right yeah right. and they 20, also usually. netflix doesn't do a traditional pilot season like networks no. do where like the pilot has been like slaved over for years and years by this one guy and then they're like all right we'll take the season they just order the season yeah there's, there's no like so, a, lo a lot of these pilots don't have you know huge hooks to keep you watching yeah exactly they kind of assume you're gonna anyway exactly because right. traditionally <laughs> yeah network pilots have the incentive that they have to be great just to get made mm -hmm. with netflix it's totally different it's like you can you can let your show uh simmer a little bit yeah which is which is good in the end but it, it makes it so first when impressions it's are good, harder it's good when it's bad it's soul-suckingly boring and yeah. you just want to watch something else and yeah. mindhunter there are some really incredible scenes and episodes of mindhunter you know it's, mm. it's such a shame that it, it kind of fizzled out near the end but like I'm, I'm still gonna watch the next season just maybe the beginning is to feel right like, but uh, well there, there was another show that you mentioned that you watched is the deuce oh yeah the and deuce. we haven't yeah. seen that at all but everyone is saying yeah, that that's the show right <laughs> yeah. now andy greenwald and chris ryan are like slobbing on the knob yeah yeah i i mean <laughs> it's, it's just the newest show that's kind of you know created uh not as much as usual by david simon who did the wire the which wire, to me yeah. is mm. the the best show ever it's just mm. like you can't you have you seen all it. of it all of yeah the no that that's like, i want to i want to watch it's just all the it's most so like comprehensive like confident like measured show it there's nothing like it but yeah the the deuce is kind of a season like eight episodes just look at like 1970s uh really it they kind of advertise it as you know the the beginning of you know pornography like becoming more legalized right in, in times square and that and, and that's what it is uh you know eventually but a lot of it is more the 
the the the prostitution trade and how that you know s- you know facet of you know society at that time slowly shifted to different uh you know different uh avenues like you know indoor brothels and pornography with the uh you know just the advent of of new laws basically yeah mm-hmm. and it's you just, got Maggie Gyllenhaal and James yeah, Franco gosh, all doing like career really best good. work yeah uh, James Franco is <laughs> isn't he doing like a dual role yeah he plays two twins uh, Frank, <laughs> uh twins he plays Frankie Dave and James Frankie yeah Frankie, <laughs> he plays Frankie and uh another guy whose name I'm forgetting is but, he a like, porn star no, he what? It's, damn it! It's, it's like it's Ooh, the one in one he plays like you know like the 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 good natured kind of like you know relatively honorable man for this time period, and then his twin brother Frankie is just like does, this, he have a, does the twin have a mustache? They both have mustaches. Oh, okay. They, they, to be fair, no, he does like he does actually have completely different mannerisms and like acting styles for both of the two uh, characters. But like it's just but one of them Frankie is just this like. New York caricature shitlord who's just like, yeah. hey, I'm from New York. Oh, yeah. I don't know much. You know, it's just yeah. it's, it's it's not great. But Maggie Gyllenhaal is scary good. She better win something. It's, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I want to see Maggie Gyllenhaal get more roles. Like she's. I feel like. I mean, Jake gets all the acclaim. Which I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal is one of my favorite actors yeah, working right yeah. now. I mean, oh, neither but, of them are really like big stars. Yeah. This. Well, should put her yeah. on the map. I if, hope it if does. you want to feel really gross about the male sex ask like a typical dude about Maggie Gyllenhaal and it'll yeah. be like oh bro she's fucking ugly so I don't like her in any movie <laughs> I've heard enough. that so much and it's like she's an actress <laughs> she's very it's, good it's just yeah no she was yeah. a she's way good. way better Rachel in uh the Dark Batman Knight, movies yeah. than oh, yeah. Katie Holmes yeah she she definitely did better than Katie also Katie Holmes uh bailed on the second Batman to do that Queen Latifah skiing movie fun also, wonder wonder if she regrets oh, that I also oh. am not sure Tom Cruise <laughs> will let her out of the house I think that was a problem <laughs> That was that was when it was getting pretty. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, if it helps, Grant's chiming in that 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 movie was dope. (laughs) (laughs) The Queen Latifah movie. Queen Latifah. Do you want to die on the mountain of that being better than the Dark Knight, Grant? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Okay. This is the gauntlet. <laughs> All no, right. Yeah, last thing about the deuce that was interesting is I didn't realize is that so basically they got a plan for about three seasons, which I love that they kind of have like a shorter, an end date. An end date. Yeah. But yeah. What, what really, I like that. What really got me interested is that basically, you know, they're, they're working at the Kinks now, but the next season of the deuce will same characters, but it's going to look at them like half a decade later to see oh. how this this industry has kind of shifted. And then the third season will all be another bump forward. I Ooh, think. I like. I love the yeah. time jump, and I, I love yeah. whatever shows this, utilize that. And you know, David Simon shows in this one in particular are aren't so much as focused on the characters as using each character in different facets of really society institutions yeah. to tell a bigger story about America. Yeah, in in you know in the Wire it was the city of Baltimore, Treme, which is all about New Orleans, like that that neighborhood. It was just more about just Treme was just about the culture of New Orleans. It was yeah. the most like relaxed show this is very much about how we learn to find new ways to profit off sex that's basically mm, the long damn. long view of it and it's it's really good and you guys should watch i, it. I, I can't wait to watch it, it. Yeah. yeah so freaking good and there's that was an, so much tv and that, that was a great thing I, to bounce back a little bit it's just every weekend every monday i'd be able to just watch a new episode it wasn't like i was watch. i'd have like a week to kind of think about it and digest through it rather than burning through all of them. yeah that's mm. what i love yeah. about hbo yeah. is they are not they they are stick into this model no matter what no matter how mm-hmm. much they're being pushed to just do the the thing and and drop everything at once they're like no we we believe in like yeah sunday night you watch your show 
and you don't get to watch the next episode until next it's, Sunday. It's been great. Yeah. Like Monday morning for me, I get to watch nice. you know, the Juice, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Last yeah. Week Tonight. You know, nice. it's just like a great little yeah. uh, schedule they got there. Um, so do you, are we skipping ahead to what we've been watching or do you want to go? Let's, let's, there's, let's there's, one, the there's one big thing. We're not going to be able to hit all these things, but there's one big thing I didn't want to talk about is that there's a huge rumor right now that Walt Disney Company is in talks to buy 20th Century Fox. God. Not all... Okay, so 20th Century Fox is a subsidiary of 21st Century Fox. Mm -hmm. So 21st Century Fox owns 20th Century Fox Pictures and CNN... Uh, oh, wait, no. CNN is uh, Turner. CNN. CNN mm-hmm. is Turner. They own uh, the Fox News and like sports. And the channel, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But what they want to do essentially is scale back to just being a news and sports company and sell all their entertainment, all their TV and film stuff to Disney. If this happens, Disney is going to own so much yeah, shit. We'll yeah. finally I, I get like the it. X-Men versus Avengers. Like, okay, I I feel like you have to view this in two different ways because in one way you have to look as it's kind of exciting. Like you get to see all these characters finally come together, all the Marvel characters. Deadpool. Deadpool. And, yeah. I don't think but at the same time, would a movie like Deadpool ever get made? No way. Made by would no. a movie like no Logan way. ever no get made? No way. Uh, the new one, uh, New Mutants, which yeah, yeah. I'm torn on the idea, but I love the. I'm torn on what it looks like. But I love the idea of a horror movie. Disney's not. Yeah, gonna do that. No, yeah. that movie, New Mutants. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably not going to be very good. Look very good. But just the <laughs> fact that they're saying. trying to do something. Yeah. Do you know what what I'm talking about? Yeah, Drew? we saw the the trailer, trailer played. Exactly, yeah. The, uh, the trailer played before Thor, and it looks like the most out there shit you could possibly imagine for a superhero but movie. But I well, love this idea of creating genre films within a genre, yeah. within the yeah. superhero genre. My, my concern with New Mutants is that basically, uh, you know, the idea like make a hardcore horror movie Marvel film, that's, that's a great idea, but is it going to be like a great horror movie on its own you know what i mean like yeah. does, does it get above the, it's only the one trailer i don't know but like you know that's my concern like I, I don't want it to be it's a great idea but an okay movie i want to see like a great horror i movie. yeah that's exactly yeah. what i'm sure like yeah. i think you hit dead on what that's what i expected when i saw that i was like oh that could be cool but i doubt it will be because it doesn't look <laughs> like it will be there was, yeah. there was one moment in the trailer that i thought was like genuinely like what i want them to do for the entire movie which is that it's when uh, the, the kid from stranger things uh you know what i'm talking about. yeah jonathan mm-hmm. yeah, from, yeah he plays a cannonball in the movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's my and he's jonathan. like walking into like near the uh the washing machine you know and he and he gets up close and you see like that hand like explode and fire you know what i mean yeah and like at the initial cool visual well initially i was like oh it's like he's hallucinating or something then i remembered that in this movie there's going to be this other character uh sunspot who explodes into fire and stuff is basically taking that at a marvel superhero marvel superpower and kind of reframing it to being like a scary moment in the movie right and mm-hmm. like that's that's great that's what they should be doing for the entire thing so I mean, see, something I love about Fox is that they're not concerned with building a cohesive universe. I really appreciate that. You have this, you have (laughs) Logan, you have Deadpool, you have this new mutants thing, and then you have, like, Legion on FX, Mm -hmm. which are all part of, like, the same, you know... Superhero Marvel machine, mm. but they're not trying. But to... But they're willing to get all these completely different creative voices in there to put their own, yeah. very very unique. They, they flair all feel on it. really distinct, and they're taking really risks. Yeah. They're they're taking yeah. risks, which is. Disney really taking risks? They, like they're taking a few, but they act like they're taking way more than very they calculated. Are, you know? yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll yeah. talk more about whenever we actually get to the, our review of Thor because I thought 
Taika actually did the best job of putting his own unique voice into a Marvel movie of any other director while still working inside the machine. While still working in the machine. But I think part of the larger problem that eventually we're going to have to look at is where I have to take a step back and say, okay, I know Disney owns all these Marvel characters that I love. I know that they own Star Wars, that they're going to own all these 20th Century Fox characters. But at what point do we step back and be like, this is an illegal monopoly, and they're t- they're eliminating the entire competition that's supposed to exist within yeah. the film industry. I think that time is right now. I, I think, think that, it's, yeah. It's I, already happening. I, it's a bad that's idea. That's why I don't think Fox. that even if they do, uh, Fox does agree to this sale, I don't think that it will ever actually pass because eventually yeah. they have to step in like – the Supreme Court is going to have to step in here and be like, <laughs> "Our this, moral government that this. we all love." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, think very, yeah. I think it's good and very. The healthy. people yeah. who elected our president <laughs> are going to have to step up. Yeah, I think it's very good and healthy that like we all heard the news like Disney might buy Fox, and you know, like instead like, of oh, all God. us being like, "Oh, great," you know, Mister Fantastic and Captain America are like, "Oh God, a super monopoly that's getting even bigger." Well, yeah, that's, that's a good thing. Well, guys. we'll see. Disney is already acting in very questionable ways. There was a story that broke this Mm -hmm. week that um, they banned the L.A. Times from their screening of Thor Ragnarok because they ran a story about the Disneyland theme park. Anaheim. Um, Yeah, because there's a lot of like real estate discrepancies in terms of them building um, this walkway Mm -hmm. over land that's not part of Disney property Mm -hmm. from like from the hotels to the park. So so LA Times runs this story and now Disney is not allowing them into screenings until there was outrage about it. And now now they lifted the ban. I'm very pleased that they actually backed down. I wasn't expecting that. I I think that there was too much of... I think they had to because you can't have as big of a as big of a newspaper and a news outlet like the LA Times not be able to get screeners for something like when the last Jedi comes out for Thor Ragnarok that was one thing that was enough to get people riled up but when the new Star Wars movies yeah. come out you can't prevent people who work at this giant news corporation from being allowed to see screeners okay. like everybody else alternately uh, I, I have I do work for a newspaper and I've worked with larger newspapers. Uh, I do maybe think they could have just taken the L because you know it, uh, the entertainment section, like the movies, aren't always as heavily read as other things. So mm. it, I don't I don't know how many people there are like waiting to review, read the uh, advanced review of the Last Jedi. I know I wanted to, but yeah. like, so I'm happy personally. But like the general it wasn't public, a surefire thing. I'm yeah. not so sure it was. I I think that a lot of I mean. In, especially now in the information age, we're seeing that there's backlash matters all of a sudden. Like if people are pissed off about something, then that matters. If the LA times were pissed off, then like Disney wouldn't really give a shit. Like they were expecting that they, I don't think they were expecting people on the internet to be like, you can't do that. That's fucked up. And if they, if they uh, were like anticipating it, I don't think they would have done it. Yeah, exactly. So it's, I think it's a good thing that, you know, people spoke up about it and were like, Hey, that's completely wrong. And you can't do that because it's not like LA times was just like maliciously slandering Disney. They were running an investigative story, right? They weren't just, they weren't saying like, Walt Disney was a bitch. They were just reporting. And also it's a completely different department. It's not like the people who were writing about what the Disneyland theme park was doing were the same people who were going to go review Thor Ragnarok. It's punishing two completely different branches of the same company. Yeah. Which isn't fair. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just glad that it didn't, you know, I'm glad they backed up. Disney's all about image though. So it's all about keeping a good face with everybody. It's good news for free press, which could use good news. (laughs) We could use some good news. (laughs) But, uh, no, I think it's just good overall that like, 
I, I heard rumors also that the deal is more or less dead at the moment. It was alive at one point, but uh, again, it's all rumor. I'm just. I hope I, it is. I Wait, what deal? The uh, Disney Fox deal. Yeah. I, I, do you guys actually think that this is going to happen? No. Yeah. I hope it doesn't. I, I really hope and, it doesn't. And, but I mean, this leads to a, a, a larger conversation that we don't have time for about like how long until we live in a world where everything is owned by three companies. Uh, 15 years is my guess. Uh, <laughs> like negative eight most. years. How long yeah. until we live in a world that everything is owned by one company? Yeah, I know. I mean, my, you know? my, I mean, no, personally, my heart, like I would, I would, you know, I would give like half my hands to have Disney make a really excellent, fantastic four movie because mm. I've been wanting that for a decade now. But God, like, I would love that, man. But I'd rather also not be like ruled by Disney core yeah. infinity. You yeah. Know? And, and one thing that, that really there's this, What's the word? I there there is this lust. No, not lust. Uh, <laughs> there's this fear deep inside of me that it's a pretty. That's a word I feel like you could have remembered. <laughs> no, I, 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 was, I was expecting something. No, no, no. Tense. <laughs> there's I thought you were gonna be like acquiescence. <laughs> <laughs> there's this deep fear that like, you know, cinema is a is an art form, and we're slowly and surely seeing it become into an assembly line for products and yeah. it's losing its artistic I mean, yeah. shine. It's a fine line because commerce it. is obviously necessary for movies to get made. Especially they, for giant movies yeah. that require yeah, they, huge, huge budgets. budgets. Yeah, they need funding. They're, so they at a, a, you know, they need to depend on commerce and like deals and budgets and money to a certain extent. But you want it to be art in there somewhere. You don't want it to be advertising. I think you see a lot of that, like more measured and nuanced, like storytelling. It's moved to television in the last fifteen years. Yeah, you know, it's just and I, I, mean, I just it, look at like just showrunners and like yeah. more filmmakers and people who create content want to move to TV because it's more friendly of a mm-hmm. platform I, than I, the film industry at yeah. this point. I wonder if you go back twenty years to people making television and you'll be like, hey, in twenty years we'll be go people. to David Simon, yeah, yeah, David Simon, or you know, there are these people called the Duffer Brothers, and yeah. they're basically two brothers <laughs> that make a TV show. Show and like a lot of people know who they are on the street. That's mm-hmm. how popular they are. That's like crazy. That's, that's a new thing. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's get to what we've been watching. Yeah. Uh, so first off, I did like an extensive a few a couple weeks ago. I geeked out about the Dana Carvey Show documentary on Hulu. Too funny to fail. Yeah. Um, if you don't know, Harry, you're looking like you. Like is this, you I'm trying to write. Is this related to the Louis C.K. thing, or am I thinking of something? He else? was involved with this show. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a sketch show that aired on ABC right after Danny Carvey left, left SNL in the '90s. So he was a huge deal, and it failed miserably. Okay. But it had <laughs> right. about probably eight episodes, and they were incredibly funny, but just very countercultural. So they got ahead, it, ahead it, of their time. Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. So it got canceled insanely quickly. So it's a great documentary because the cast includes Stephen Colbert and Steve Carell. Oh, really? and like, yeah, the writing staff is crazy. So anyway, Hulu, in addition to having this documentary, added the Dana Carvey show to its catalog. So I just really quick, it's a quick watch. I watched through everything they have of the Dana Carvey show. It's something like five episodes. Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it it was just really interesting. Like, first of all, you're going to get a lot of 90s references. It's fun. (laughs) It's fun to just see what's like in the zeitgeist from the 90s in terms of sketch comedy. Um, One of the biggest takeaways I had is in the 90s impressions were like the funniest thing you could possibly do yeah like it's like you crazy. mentioned the the, the uh, clinton impression yeah of the, the are, first yeah, the cold yeah, yeah. Open. Are, are you saying that the impressions were the funniest thing or people no. 
thought they would. Well, to, <laughs> to us, at least to me, and I'm sure like all of us, impressions had become a bit stale now. Back then, I mean, Dana Carvey was known as like the hook finder for impressions because he mm-hmm. could, there would be someone like George H.W. Bush on SNL. No one could figure out how to get a funny impression because he just had a boring voice. Dana Carvey found it. <laughs> he found like a little phrase like, not gonna do it. And it turned into a giant <laughs> phenomenon. He could do that with anyone. So he was really gifted at impressions and funny impressions. But back then, it's just so crazy how fresh it was to the audience the 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 live audience is losing their fucking shit when he's doing like the simplest impression <laughs> that was it just made me laugh so hard because now when someone does an impression it's like yeah okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think you're weirdly, funny sometimes that's when the laughter dies down on snl at times yeah it's exactly like, no, it's gonna be a whole thing um, huh? <laughs> but then also they just they had so many just incredibly way ahead of their time sketches a lot like if you're a fan of mr show uh the old hbo oh, sketch yeah. show that was also ahead of its time and featured uh a couple of the same writers, like Dino Stamatopoulos as Dana Carvey show. Um, but just like way, way, way ahead of his time. Weird shit. Like they had the, a couple of sketches uh, called Grandma the Clown. And they didn't even feature any of the main cast. Like Dana Carvey wasn't in them. No one was in them except for this really old lady being a clown. And it's just depressing. Like on purpose. But it's just like. Sounds well, a little like. little unsettling yeah like, it, it is like it's borderline like, horror yes and this, is, that kind of stuff. and this is coming on like abc at, at 9 35 on a tuesday or whatever so i could, of course it got canceled but like it's yeah it was just like sad like there's one where she's in front of a crowd of children and like you know how the the pie like shoots out into your face mm-hmm. like the mechanism was going so slow that it takes about 30 seconds for it to reach her face <laughs> and then it just oh, like God. grazes her nose and that she's would, like this that shit would have been like you know adult swim royalty now exactly there's there's yeah, such like Tim and Eric shit. Or, exactly. Yeah. Even Comedy Central it has a way bigger voice now. It, it existed back then, but it mostly showed reruns of ch- shit. So there's such more of a place for that type of thing now, and it's sad that it's gone. But I mean, I'd recommend watching it if you're like a fucking loser like me who's well, into like '90s sketch you, comedy. You said my favorite thing, which is that it's not very long. So I think I yeah. Have yeah. To check that it, out. Well, yeah. also if you pair it with watching the documentary, I'm sure it's a yeah. more fulfilling yeah. experience. Yeah. Documentary first, and then watch Dana Carvey show. I, it's like. T- like if you watch all of it total it'll be like three and a half hours i had a great time Jeez. when I, I watched wet hot american summer followed by the documentary followed mm. by both seasons of oh the show. dude that hurricane of really fun is so yeah. Good. Yeah. great documentary yeah. i've never wanted to work at a certain oh place God, at a certain right? time more than anything <laughs> yeah. watching that documentary like an aggressive amount of talent in one like you know summer camp yeah <laughs> they're just they're just fucking around and having so fun. that's the dana carvey show on hulu and Ew. now, um, did you guys get a chance to check out the new Nathan for you? I did. Which, the, which one? Uh, I see the newest episode. It's, it's um, Computer Repair and Psychic. No, it's the one I haven't seen yet. Okay, no. so <laughs> I, don't I felt like it. this was the weakest episode of the season. I think, it, yeah, I think definitely. Uh, I, okay, I think uh, guys- Psy- I loved Psychic and the concept of it, mm. but um, it didn't go how he was hoping. It wasn't well. It wasn't as high concept as yeah. every other episode this season has been because every other episode this season has been like so so high concept and like just taking this these little ideas that he has and blowing them up to yeah. a whole nother level. Well, with, I like, mean, one one issue with with this episode is that. When, when there's an episode of Nathan for you with two different plot lines going on, these ideas, he doesn't, he's not like, all right, this idea, like when they first write, he's not like, this is going to be a full episode. He just takes it as far as he can take it. Mm-hmm. So if there are two ideas in an episode, that means that he didn't have enough content from this idea. Just, yeah. yeah. It's kind Harry, of like, what's your take on Nathan for you? Oh, I think it's like 
I think it's the funniest show on TV right it's now. It's so good. I, I will you. say, it, it sounds like you guys have liked this new season a little bit more than me, which I'm surprised hmm. by because I, I love the show. Like I rewatch it constantly. Yeah. I, just, I can't, I just haven't off the top of my head thought of as many like classic brilliant episodes like this i'm basically looking at this season as like an a minus rather than an a plus like, okay oh gosh okay, but like okay. I, th- I think the uh the talk show host uh, the talk show the uh, anecdote oh, the anecdote that because i remember i watched that uh that youtube clip like a couple months before the yeah, episode hit and you're and like that's not the nathan i know yeah, yeah. It's slowly dawning on me when i'm watching the episode what it's going and that's like that's that kind of brilliance where Genius, you realize man. how many like games he's playing without you even realizing and that's the best part of that show <laughs> yeah that that may be my favorite of the season yeah may, one of my favorites. i think it's the best one of the best of the show I, you know i think that you season three i may like more than season four uh thus far but yeah. next week uh we no, have. it's tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow night. night. So next week's episode of We Bought well, yeah. Tonight, by the time that you yeah. guys are listening. We'll yeah. be talking about the two-hour season finale, Finding Francis. Oh, my God. <laughs> which is about him helping out the Bill Gates impersonator that we know and love. For two <laughs> hours. hours. <laughs> See, that's kind of the fun thing about it. Like, I'm not really that like upset that it's not as good this season because it's always like so... A little bit up to chance and just like the absurdity of life that like you know it could be amazing tomorrow we don't know yeah. which is which is something that drew and i were talking really about fun. earlier today that we don't know if we're going to get a season five I, I, he hasn't yeah. he yeah. hasn't made it a sure thing yet he was talking about it on the bill simmons podcast he's mm-hmm. he's very uh like it's it's not like a uh you know a character thing that he's like an insecure guy he's very insecure about his work <laughs> and he only wants there to be a new season if like it's just as good as every other season. right yeah and i i appreciate that he's even talked about like he talked about on that bill simmons podcast that you're referencing like bill asked him a question about if he's ever thought about going the netflix route for like dispersing his content and i'm pretty sure that as long as he thinks that he can write a good enough idea and somebody will help him make it he will go to whatever source that means Um, and also he he did not announce season four was not announced for a while oh yeah no no well three came out in 2015 I've felt the absence. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the the show has just about as non-traditional of a shooting schedule as you can get with a TV show. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know where anything's going, so that's going to happen. I will um, say, uh, speaking, as you guys don't seem as high on this season, I think that this might be my favorite uh, season, just because I'm jealous. it's like he is... It's it, I mean, he's always, the show has always been a very high concept show, but he is just taking it to a whole nother extreme with his level of manipulation, how he just manipulates everyone. If you look at, I mean, of course, in the anecdote episode, just completely manipulating these people into inviting them to their wedding, this complete (laughs) stranger. That was one of my favorite And then in uh, the last week's episode, uh, where he's trying to, the blues, the blues blues things, he he creates this band and then convinces the band that they're stealing their songs. Wait, is that this episode you're referring to? Because I have seen that one. No, no, there was another one that was a uh, asexual computer repair. (laughs) And there's some good moments okay, but yeah without well i think we're just spoiled with the news uh the last two seasons because yeah. there are so many singular episodes where he's just going my, in yeah. on one thing so now yeah. when there's two things we're like all right i'm well, not trying to like dive off on a tangent but you know like, my feelings on the season are basically identical to my season my feelings on the season of like rick and morty where it's like oh you're all, you're good so much so much of the time when you're slightly less good you feel it more but yeah. you're still I, yeah. really good i, I agree. definitely agree I totally with that with agree. rick and morty yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely um, a couple without spoiling too much a couple specific moments from the new episode uh there were some great little character details to develop nathan's like lonely weird character a the recurring penis issue that oh he my has. God. 
that was great. And then also when he's showing them the images that he thinks are sexual. Do you remember that? He's showing yeah. the eight to, yeah, to yeah. prove that they're asexual. One of them is a woman in a wedding dress, <laughs> which lends so perfectly to his loneliness aspect. Yeah. yeah. My favorite was, uh, you guys remember the uh, the sex box one? <laughs> where it was like, he's like, oh, yes. the, the child he's, in the yeah, box. Yeah, the child oh, in the box while God. the porn stars are having sex. And he's just box. sitting there like watching them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the one, it was, he goes, you know, he's just explaining the, the premise in the cartoon form that he usually does. And he, it, like, it's the little kid saying like, the kid might hear the parents having sex and be scarred, and he slowly oh, and he it, grows up. Yeah, and, and it grows up into Nathan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the little animation, that was that was incredible. I love that. Yeah, great little uh, moment like that. There's an a, another moment. The scene with Solomon, the intern. Yeah. It's not a character moment for Nathan. I just wanted to bring up that it's one of the most painful things I've Which ever seen. Which one was Solomon? I, I, uh, he's, his, he's, it's like his. Uh, basically production assistant I on, I, yeah it's like the short brown dude with the big glasses oh god yeah. Solomon. <laughs> i was mixing up with the guy in, in charge of the diary at times no but yeah he brings in solomon i won't spoil too much but it's so painful to watch um <laughs> i but, love this show yeah, it's Verge is on being one mean. of the best shows yeah. on tv a lot of episodes of verge on being mean this that segment yeah, on being a little sometimes. mean yeah now that you mention it like there are times where nathan is just like trying to just trying to shit on people a little bit, like <laughs> trying to make them be the butt of the joke, essentially, mm-hmm. just for no reason. Yeah, that's why he, I mean, it gives a lot more to the show when he balances it out with making fun of himself yeah. and yeah. developing the that's, character. That's a great point. I think my favorite episode's always, or segment is always going to be the one where he's trying to like get more drunk people to break the antique, the antique shop. shop oh, and yes. just, yeah, like Incredible. That, they're, they're walking in their costumes. He goes, oh, look over there. Like there's a camera pants, like the pizza in the middle. Of the oh, that was a then, yeah, beautiful yeah, shot. Then, morphs into you know him taking the drunk guy home and just the weird stuff it's like yeah the- dude me and my brother like fuck chicks oh together. my god <laughs> dude, that and then so the perfect fun. delivery of just nathan like no. at this point in the night i just wanted to go home <laughs> if we're just mentioning like favorite nathan well. moments i love the no smokers allowed <laughs> oh yes and the moment where he gets the you. two bartenders <laughs> to <laughs> talk to each other the real one and the actress and they just have a conversation it's just like yeah a clash it's a of- mind fuck and, and just yeah. how he makes the bartender audition for the part of herself. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> and she, he still doesn't give her the part. Yeah. <laughs> and just the idea that, like, he was, he created, like, a play of quote unquote real life yeah. <laughs> and had people go, like, pay to go see it and, like, what? Yeah. He created yeah. just a he whole just, nother. Yeah. He does thing a lot of things entirely. that are just complete. I- Mind blows. I don't like, think you can beat the the hero episode. Oh, I mean, especially. Oh, yeah. I think that's it. The think that's final, the, the final scene of the hero episode of him taking off the <laughs> that's makeup, what I was of, yeah. like oh, like jarred, American Psycho, yeah, jarred next to the guy getting all of the praise and everything, and him just like this dramatic mute piano playing in the background. Yeah. Him just like it was very American Psycho, you're right? Off. Yeah, yeah. The, like the, the slow like look into his nightmare psyche is like a very funny part. There's of actually a, a tweet that has like the two uh, screen caps next to each other. Of Nathan and of uh, really? Christian Bale. That's awesome. Taking uh, makeup <laughs> um, off. Okay, so yeah, that's that's Nathan for you. We please will, watch it. Gonna, everyone, everyone out there, watch, watch the Nathan. We're gonna you. talk about it until show. you're fucking sick of it. So deal with it. <laughs> we're gonna give it the halt and catch fire treatment. We don't care if anyone's listening. Yeah, just I watch it. it. We're gonna <laughs> you, talk okay, about it. Quick thing. Do you guys think? 
more people watch Nathan for you than Halt and Catch Fire? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay. okay. I haven't watched Halt and Catch Fire. You I should. I, 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 I want you to. love it. I want it's to. a I great just, show. I've heard it's got the, um, that whole Phoenix thing going on. It resurrected itself. Yeah, exactly. Better. It um, does the same thing as like what we were talking about earlier, where it shifts dynamics. It does that like from season one to season two. Like it does that mm-hmm. throughout the entire every series season. Where it yeah. shifts dynamics like of who the main characters and they're following. All are. the acting across the board is stellar. Well, I heard everyone is just eats it. You know. Um, Incredible. It's not a sense. All right, so, so now we're going to do a little shift here, and Hunter has to do some homework because he's a fucking nerd. I was just about to talk about how I've watched three of the seven Saw movies, but I guess it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've only seen three? Yeah. That's what, that's seen what Harry brings to the table that's what here. I, was here for myself. I actually <laughs> and, watched uh, three Saw We're going to have Grant come on to talk about Channel Zero. Mm-hmm. Okay, so before that, though, while you guys are transferring and everything, uh, if you stuck it out for the last episode and listened through it, I admire you. But I talked about uh, American Vandal at length, and I wanted to mention it again because I feel like maybe everyone didn't stick it out through that audio snafu. <laughs> Which, um, by the way, you should what? have because I give a very, very good conversation about some of my favorite horror movies of all time, which you should really check out what because I watch a lot of horror. <laughs> what happened in this audio program? Was there like a? It curse just recorded in it? from like, the wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You could hear whispering in the background. It essentially, from years ago, it yeah, essentially recorded it. from. <laughs> the laptop mic and not from yeah. the uh, micro- so, yeah, actual mic. pretty brutal. So I'll just I'll, I'll summarize yeah. what I what I we, talked about. We forgot the mic. Yeah. <laughs> so right, wait, wait, are you saying you dropped the mic? We oh. dropped the mic. All right, I'll go. Um, so American Vandal, you've probably seen it if you have Netflix, which you do. Uh, for a couple weeks, it was like the first thing that would pop up when you get on. It takes up your whole screen. It's a genre parody of like, you know, serial and the jinx and making a murderer. These these true crime things where an entire season is dedicated to solving one crime. Uh, I went into it skeptical. I was discriminating because I had heard that it was starring Vine Stars. And I was like, oh, great. You're not selling me. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. Like this, I I went into it thinking this. I was like, all right, so starring Vine Stars. So that I kind of thought maybe it was produced by Vine Stars. So I was like, so it won't have much content in it. But it's not. <laughs> it's these guys who have done a lot of online work for like college humor and stuff. But this show is incredible genre parody. Like it is. It gets you so incredibly invested in the dumbest story because it's it's from the perspective the filmmakers of this fake documentary are two high school kids who are investigating who spray painted dicks on the cars in the faculty parking <laughs> lot of their high school. So in the beginning you're like, okay, yeah, I guess I give a shit. <laughs> Over the course of the show, you give a shit. You care about these dicks so much. And it's not like it doesn't just get into that. Like it's not just singularly about that. It it's like these shows do. It delves so deep into these like minuscule little subjects. Every character character is so fleshed out like whenever i was like all right i don't believe that character there'd be an episode about the character like they <laughs> every problem that you have or at least me I, everything i was skeptical about they proved me completely wrong um it's it's eight episodes yeah, right like it would be the example i gave when i talked about it the first time was like the testimony for who did it is based on this one kid who's known as a liar right like he's like yeah i saw this kid do it so they're like, okay, well, is this kid a liar? So then they delve into something he said where he was like, yeah, I got a hand job from Summer, blah, 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 like the hottest girl in school. So they so they go in for about 20 minutes on whether or not he could have gotten that hand job. Like, it's just things like that. It, so it's this great, like, they get high school the completely right. Yeah, there's thing, such yeah. great attention to detail. Uh, the, and it's the commitment to the bit. Yeah, exactly. Because the whole it's show so, is about one it's bit. It's so, yeah. so committed. They get great naturalistic acting out of really young actors, which is usually indicates great directing more than anything. 
um, the the main kid in it, Jimmy Tatro, who's a who was a Vine star and a YouTube guy, was incredible as this like dumb jock guy who everyone thinks did it. There's there's so many great performances from like everyone in the whole cast is a nobody. You you don't recognize any of these people unless you know Jimmy Tatro. I didn't. Um, but I was just taken completely aback. I did not expect to like this. And then like one night, I I was on F three and I was like, yeah, this is pretty good, so I'll put it on. And there was some turn or something where I just I had to watch it all that night. <laughs> I never do that, but I for like about four hours I was like glued to the screen. Got to finish because I had to know season. who spray painted the dicks. <laughs> it's I, crazy. I, I want your your quote. Uh, you will learn to love these dicks to be like on Netflix every time I turn it on. Yeah, I want to see that every time. And how was the payoff? It it's it's great. Yeah. Like it keeps you guessing until the very very end. Dope. Like genuinely, you. I don't want to spoil it too much, but it gen- like it keeps you. It's wondering. definitely worth watching. I was not expecting this level of passion about the dick sketching. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't either. I, really- no. I wasn't either. Yeah. Gary. <laughs> we all learning things about ourselves. Apparently, yes, I care about dicks. <laughs> it just it like it's not. It has it has issues. Obviously, the biggest buy-in issue is that you're let you're supposed to believe that these two 15 year old kids was would make like the greatest documentary ever made. <laughs> but I mean that obviously. You want to watch a good documentary, not a shitty one. Well, see, so. what, when we've been talking about it, you've been comparing it to documentary. Now, are you are okay? You, you familiar with? That? I'll be honest with you guys. I'm, I'm pretty uh, illiterate when it comes to kind of like the true crime docs and all that. So, well, documentary well, now is not that. Documentary now is starring Fred Armisen and it's Bill on Hader. IFC. Yeah, and it's EP'd by Seth Meyers, and a few episodes are written by John. It's Mulaney. more of a passion project. Yeah. So from yeah, them. it's it's the old like late twenty late two thousands SNL crew getting back together. Oh, cool. It's kind of a van. <laughs> passion project where every episode is a, is a parody of a different documentary and it's funny but so each can, episode takes a completely different look yeah. and tone to emulate whatever like, documentary that they're making fun of yeah so it's good but you kind of get the vibe that it's more for them to have fun there's no specific audience it's, some, it's not really for yeah, it's anyone good. some episodes are really weak with this this was entirely unknown so it was people who had to prove American Vandal a, yeah. a lot more work was obviously put into this yeah Um. so yeah I recommend it I was surprised by it I, I think I might actually watch yeah, it yeah I mean I, I, I'm sold dude I want to check it out that's American Vandal 20 episodes uh, 20 minute episodes <laughs> 20 episodes. don't do it no 20 minute episodes 20, 28 minute episodes okay I can live with that it's like I think it's like 8 20 minutes yeah I'm very time conscious that these days. Easy, I can't man. do like 14 episodes of like yeah. Daredevil beating up a, a, a beggar or whatever. Yeah, no, this is shorter. <laughs> it's it's like know. eight or ten, and then they're all they are all a little bit above 30 minutes. That's but fine. Yeah. It. I mean, it was a breeze though. I I had school the next morning really early, and I I ended up staying up to like 3:30. Like I I just had to finish it. So that's American Vandal on Netflix, and now uh, we got Grant here. Hey Grant. Hey guys. Hey Grant. Up? Gonna talk Channel Zero. We just wrapped up season one um, so channel zero is not a mountain dew flavor <laughs> <laughs> you know it, 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 could be. It, it could be it could be it could be try this so this is this is a show on sci-fi, sci-fi and bringing it back yeah it, or is it sifi how do you pronounce it <laughs> C- 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 i remember that big drama like the scene that was a big drama oh yeah i remember back when they were changing the name is like that's such a dumb name it sounds like sifi like, you know what they're doing trying to do don't be <laughs> yeah that's stupid well see this is a show that's um it just wrapped up its second season okay. on sci-fi but we you know we hadn't seen any of it so we're going back and watching the first season and it's essentially inspired by 
by creepy pasta. Uh-huh. So like stories of like well, not even just inspired. Like it uses straight up stories. Yeah, like the from primary the story I'm assuming is just a, it's a creepy pasta that oh, they converted yes. into okay. screenplay. No, okay, uh, yeah, and I remember season one promotion stuff. Yeah. Okay, yeah, is it good? It, it has some really cool visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. So it's produced yes. by Max Landis, first of all. Yeah, well, he I don't think he's the he's not the main guy. He's sold. just part of the team. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's not it's not his like Dirk Gently is his show. Yeah, yeah. he's just a, but yeah. this See, is Max just, Landis is hit and miss. That was my reaction. I know Max Landis, the the Twitter celebrity. Yeah, and yeah. I don't really want to know much else of Max Landis. <laughs> I, mean, I know he has he's, he's, he's done re- no, he's done really good shit. He's annoying as fuck. Yeah. Um Ma- and he's done also bad shit. Yeah, Max Landis wrote like a genuinely fantastic Superman story, which mm. I would have never guessed. Oh, um American Alien? Yes. I love it's, American it's Alien. Very, it, it's, it had like a lot of hearts and warmth that I did not expect from that that douchey man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's honestly probably one of the best Superman yeah. comics ever. Yeah. True. It's yeah. it's insane. Yeah. So uh let's not get too yeah, derailed yeah, there because he's involved with this but he's not like majorly it's involved. More, yeah. Right? He could be eating chips. Channel, yeah. Channel Zero seem, I, th- I think it's gotten more acclaim with, with season two. Like that's definitely really? gotten a lot is, Isn't it an anthology attention. thing like American yeah. Horror Story? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well American Horror Story yes. carries over cast. I don't think this There's, carries over cast. Wait, it doesn't have a Schneider? No. I don't think so. Yeah so season one is starring Paul Schneider a.k.a. Brandanowitz on Parks and Rec yeah. from seasons one <laughs> and finally two gets and to do no something. other seasons. This is his time. <laughs> yeah. This is, it's an interesting show. It we is. just finished it today. It's only six episodes. Where uh, can you I, see it? It's on... It's on Sci-Fi. Yeah. I mean, we have You don't other have means. Sci-Fi Network, bro? <laughs> no, I, I do not. Okay. Bro! I get what you're hinting Cable at, yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, it, it's on Sci-Fi and... I uh, I'm trying to. I'm I trying guess to if I, I mean I guess you just kind of got to have a cable login. I, yeah. I I went into it not having very like high expectations. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I love yeah. creepy pasta. Hopefully this yeah. is cool. Yeah, we but just I put it on one day. Well, the first yeah. episode is not that great. Yeah, it, it kind of it's, it's like enough a setup. to make me watch the second episode. because yeah. I was ready to let that show go when I was watching. Right, it, like when I before I started it. Mm. But like like we've talked about this. Like the writing is kind of. It's it's and, very hit or miss. Yeah, a lot, well, and, a lot of it is derivative more than anything. Like the backstory, especially, is it almost essential? Like exactly. Yeah. Of like guy going well, back to his old hometown because the old weird thing that controls yeah. his life is coming back or so, whatever. So first thing is is it like is each episode its own thing? Is that how it's an anthology? No, no, no. No, no it's, it's, it's one, one story over six so episodes. It's it's the American Horror Story model. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And I one thing that that really made me enjoy it and want to keep watching it is that I think it not even just using the story it embodies the creepypasta stories really well is that like like it, it puts the scary shit like right in your face like yeah. like and it's not like quick glimpses at it like a lot of times <laughs> yeah. in horror movies like there are a few of those shots but like it's like glaring direct uh, interactions yeah. with really scary that's, shit. That's very true. That's a And good it's point. actually scary. It's actually that's, scary, like, yeah. Most of the scares really work. I There are very few scares in this show that are laughable. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the dialogue is laughable and a lot of the acting is very yeah. shaky. Paul Schneider talks like Littlefinger the whole fucking <laughs> <laughs> show. Sansa. He's not the most charismatic Sanza. guy, He's which not. is why he was kicked off Parson Rex. <laughs> yeah. 
It's he's very off-putting, and he and he does he uses that to uh to a he good. He closes his eyes when he talks. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. Dramatically, it's, it's so weird. It's I like, so weird. I like the idea that it's actually scary because I, I no, love. Yeah, it's. I, I want a great horror it's show. It's very effective yeah. horror, yeah. very badly. And I love the the practical effects. I'm sure there's a lot of CG in here. Yeah, but they do take the moment. There's the, like the chance there's a to burning suit. Yeah, it's and really cool. There's a tooth monster. Yeah, there's yes. a guy made That's what I remember entirely yeah. out of teeth. And the uh, the so viewer, cool. the listener, may be imagining a big tooth. It's not. <laughs> no, don't, no. don't worry. It's not like a big molar. You know what it was when I when I heard you say Channel Zero, I was thinking it was like like a sci-fi like show about like I don't know, like teenage aliens that have sex or whatever. But like I, it's like it's because it's like the channel, the TV channel. That yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. It's like a pirated TV channel right. that only shows up for kids. And that well, the, for me. the the imagery of the show it's called Candle Cove. Yeah. That's very like so creepy. Very very so creepy. That sounds kind of that sounds kind of Stephen King yeah. in a way. Yeah. There's yeah. There's definitely. Bit, I mean, yeah. The, yeah yeah, there's definitely elements of a lot of shit you've seen. Not not quite so much as like Stranger it, Things. Yeah, horror, it's not like horror yeah. is so based on the execution more than originality. Yeah. I feel like if you can just sell the scare and make it just throwing to watch, you know, I'm okay if it's something mm-hmm. I've seen before in other places. So you know? so what did you guys think of the season as a whole? I didn't finish it. I've I, seen some of it. I, I liked it. I, I, mean, I really liked there's it. There's yeah. a lot of moments that are just like What's l- it sorry. Laughable <laughs> writing and laughable acting. Yeah, like for sure. it, it's very it shaky, yeah. very shaky all over the place. But as a whole, I didn't regret watching it. I yeah, enjoyed it. Not. It's yeah. it's only six episodes, and you know you're following the mystery. You're wondering like what the show is. You know what's it's essentially like brainwashed kids. Yeah. You know, so cool. so it's <laughs> that in itself. Like just seeing these kids like out to hurt people mm-hmm. is already terrifying as far as i'm concerned i'm gonna just call that millennials <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> nice joke yeah i hate myself <laughs> no I, I feel like i mean I, I think you can excuse a lot in the horror genre yeah as long as it's that's actually why scary, i was you know? really it's very original it. yeah. it's very original i i'm partial to being really excited when there's horror that's halfway decent yeah you know yeah. and a lot of horror sucks yeah a lot <laughs> like, of horror is um What's uh, the term? Uh, jump scares, shocky, bad. Jump, jump scares, Just cheap, yeah. not good. But yeah. it's like procedural. You know, it's all following the same script. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, yeah. So, hella predictable. You know, like if in a horror movie, a door opens and like there's a kid, like a door opens, it's, and the kid's it's like, like the best friend. Yeah, and yeah. but and the kid wants to walk into the door. You know, everyone in the audience is like, "That's a dumb thing to do." We know you're yeah. dumb. You yeah. should yeah. do that, it. Those but, tense but moments. My thing is, if it's scary and it works. All right, and then you can just kind of yeah, yeah, and extrapolate that show, out. Yeah. If the acting's bad or if the acting's kind of schlocky or it doesn't always work completely right, as long as the scares are good and it looks creepy and the imagery is right. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's my, a there's a lot of scenes that like made me jump. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like like, and it, it really just it just puts you right in your face. Like you see what it is. It's creepy and it gets gives you a good look at it, and you it is very unsettling. Yeah. It's, it's so fun to watch, and that 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 in itself makes it like really entertaining because like. Uh, you know the scares is like the scary part of the horror so if they're really giving it to you like mm. that's what's good but my my number one pet peeve with horror movies is or horror anything is is when they the the scare uh turns out to be fake 
Like, you know, like there's someone pounding at the door yeah. or oh, like someone jumps in and it's, yeah. oh, it's their best friend. Opens or like the that. door and a doll, a doll falls yeah. out. Yeah, and it, it, it like releases all of the tension yeah. that they mm-hmm. built up. And it's like, it's, there's it's no dread there. It's just a loud, they, they're really just scaring you with the loud noise and the motion. Yeah, rather oh, than right. it's like, like I mentioned, yeah. like one or two episodes I mentioned it. If it was the last one, you may have not heard it. So it was, uh, <laughs> there's a, a great, great Chris Tuckman video about that exact subject, uh, about the problem with modern horror. So yeah, it's worth looking up because that that's the problem with it. Is it just... They scare you with things that aren't scary over and over. So you're like, I don't care anymore. And like, it's in if, your even face. Even if you scare me in a good way, I and don't care anymore. It's like, hey, this is when you should be scared. Mm-hmm. Be scared. Like, hey. Yeah, like violins start going. Yeah. I love Insidious, but Insidious, man, rocks that violin way yeah. too yeah. much. I, I do like those, those Blumhouse movies. Insidious is Insidious. a good movie. Yeah. I, I'm, I, it's it's I very traditional, actually, but it still is good. The executions are really strong there. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember the first time I watched Insidious, and then the the scene that always sticks with me is the, the the mother is doing laundry and she walks by through the laundry room and you see that it's kind of a goofy thing but there's that little like tiny tim like popper boy like mm-hmm. and like and he's like just standing in the corner and you can straight up miss that guy like i barely caught him i didn't think i saw anything and then later you see him again yeah see they don't shove it in your face no and it's like they they slowly build up that dread yeah and that's a really great way to do it and channel zero does that i mean i want to watch there it does that but the scary people don't look like darth maul <laughs> like, like the, the scary stuff is that's my biggest scary. pet peeve. Yeah. Every yeah. horror movie, well, it's all Darth Maul. Like the 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 premise, the show that's brainwashing the kids yeah. is a puppet show. Okay, so it's you terrifying. see these puppets like come to life in like really unsettling ways. So yeah. is I have is the show basically like the 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 consistent element in the two seasons so far? Well, we haven't started. I don't know. I think, I think season two is about some sort of house. It's yeah. yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with a show. It's some sort of like teleporting house is all I've heard. Oh, right. We were kind of like, you don't know um, what it is. Like a house of leaves. Yeah. Something like that. Well, that's channel zero. And uh, before we take a break, we're going to get into the good place. Season two just wrapped up. It's mid season finale. Here's the thing. Is on Hulu. Hunter didn't see it. I didn't see it either. <laughs> oh, you didn't see it either. <laughs> so oh, you're the only one that saw it. All right, no, so we'll save a- it for the next one. It's a great episode. <laughs> the Hang On Man. Time. <laughs> I did. Saw, I videos. saw the beginning. There's a good amount of Manzukis. Oh, thanks, Grant. Manzukis. Oh, hey. Yeah. All right. He's up hey in guys, there. Hey guys, I'm I'm back. I'm back. And I, Grant's dead now. He's <laughs> oh, dead man. to us. He's dead to you. You can forget his name now. He means nothing. Is that why you're wearing Grant as a Grant? As a skin suit. Grant yeah. is now. I am Grant. <laughs> Refer to me as Grant. Grant's for the rest dead. Of the I'm Grant. <laughs> Grant's dead. I, Grant's dead. I only listen. Grant. I only listen to Gucci now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us for that brief little chat, Grant. We're gonna take a break, and when we get back, we're gonna talk Taika Waititi yeah. and Thor Ragnarok. All righty. Cool. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Quizlet. 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 Thanks for helping me get through my quiz in like five minutes without reading or doing any effort whatsoever. <laughs> Cheating. Much easier than it used to <laughs> yeah. be. Quizlet. It's not learning. It's Quizlet. There, there was one time. Is this recording? Oh, okay. <laughs> this, this podcast is also brought to you by Heineken. Heineken. Fuck that shit. Pops Blue Ribbon. This podcast is brought Brought to you by water. Woo splash. Now the MC and the DJ 
nice skin, I want y'all to just get down. Now while the MC rhyming and the DJ cutting, I want y'all to just get down. Tap your toes and clap your hands. Come on, trace the globe and shake your pants. Just twist the hip and do the dip. Come on, shake your bank, do whatever it takes. I was thinking that we should get posters made for We Bought a Mic, and we should take, like, centrally suggestive pictures of us holding microphones. And lo- located in different parts of your body. To kind yeah. Of, yeah. 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 How do you guys feel about all of us having handlebar mustaches? Mm. For the pic- for the photo shoot? Or just in general. Yeah, just, no. <laughs> just, just, like, in general. For life. Like, how do you guys feel about handlebar mustaches? I mean... Ernest, you gotta work on your handlebar and no, your mustache. No, I'm, I'm gonna shave. I, I was born without testosterone. I can't grow a mustache. That's oh. the whole thing. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like well, I guess anomaly. you can't ever guest on the pod again because <laughs> that's, that's gonna be a requirement for our guests. Is that mustache they have to have must handlebar be, mustaches? Yeah, it's gonna be a Franco Deuce stash. Oh gosh. Minimum. <laughs> Perhaps Hulk Hogan. Pencil that stash. <laughs> Perhaps Hulk Hogan. Yeah, no, it's like, uh, yeah, James Franco is the beginning, but eventually you get to Hogan status, and that's where you're really kicking it. That's when your nuts drop. That, that's it. I'm not at Hogan status yet. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. This oh. all falls under the umbrella of pop culture. <laughs> it does. I'm we're confident. talking about Hulk Hogan. <laughs> all right, so before we get to our review of Thor Ragnarok, let's talk about... Taika Waititi's previous films, namely his more popular films, um, What We Do in the Shadows and The Hunt for the Wilder People. Which, and I, I mean, also, I mean, it's it's notable, like, because it's a pretty big show that he had a huge part in. That's Fly of the Concords, which is one of the ways that he got his yeah, big name. Was, mostly, that's mostly Jermaine Clement, but Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi have been buds for a long time. And Jermaine Clement even stars in one of his other films, Eagle versus Shark, which I have not seen, but I, I really want to. I have only seen uh, What We Do in the Shadows and Hunt for the Wilder People, but I think we are all not addressing Taika Waititi's finest role, which is being Ryan Reynolds' best friend in Green Lantern. Yeah, oh, let's no. not forget that. Who could we forget? How could we forget? <laughs> let's not forget that. How could we forget Green Lantern at all? Yeah, I'm, I'm that's shocked. that's how we got this movie. What kind of, yeah. I, hey, I, hey, to be honest, people view Green Lantern as one of the like the worst movies ever made. But the problem with it is it's like mediocre. Yeah, no. It's, that's as, the thing is it's not it's not fucking horrible. It's just like very mediocre. Yeah, it's kind of hard to like get a consensus on Green Lantern because as soon as you look away from the screen, you immediately forget about ever seeing it. Yeah, exactly. You have to like find an you opinion know, while you watch it. I actually it completely forgot that I watched the Green Lantern until I caught a little bit of it like a couple years ago. I was like, oh wait, I've seen this entire movie before, and I just totally yeah. blocked it from my memory. That, that's how you know it's a good movie. You, all I remember is the. Uh, the Green the, Lantern? The guy from Holes is the bad guy. Shia, Shia LaBeouf? Oh, Tim Blake Nelson, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how y'all said Shia and I nailed it with Tim Blake Nelson. That's yeah. where I'm at with Tim Blake. <laughs> yeah, Green Lantern's a piece of shit, but let's talk about good movies. All right, so Hunter, you just watched What We Do in the Shadows. Literally hours before we recorded and this And Harry, you just watched, I watched uh, uh, The Hunt, Hunt for, for the, the Wilder People. People last night. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think cool. Taika had already gotten the Thor gig by the time Hunt yes. for the Wilder People came yes, out. Did. Like, that movie, by the time that movie was out, like, he was right. already prepping and, and signed on to do Thor. So it was really Hunt for the Wilder, or, uh, sorry, What We Do in the Shadows that led him to getting the Marvel gig. Well, yes. it was What We Do in the Shadows, and it was another movie of his, which uh, we haven't talked about, but uh, one of the main 
like ways in which that Marvel reached out to him was after his role in the movie Boy, actually. I just listened to an interview with Taika Waititi that he did with Sean Finnessy of uh, The, the Ringer. Ringer fame. Yeah, and uh, he talks about because Boy, from what I've heard, is a movie that's – it has Taika Waititi's like – renowned humor to it but it's also a very dramatic movie Hmm. and it was after marvel saw that movie that they decided to reach out to him to make uh to make a thor movie all right um i will say definitely i think what we do in the shadows is my favorite of his movies i really liked uh hunt for the wilder people a lot Hmm. and uh spoiler for our review of thor but i love thor Hmm. but i i adore what we do in the shadows yeah. i think what we do in the shadows is one of the funniest and most original movies yeah. i've seen in yeah a really so let's long time. let's go ahead and start with that then so what sure, we do yeah. in the shadows is taika waititi who if you don't know is a new zealander filmmaker uh it's an a, aggressively charming man yeah everything it's, on yes. the press jackets it's, it's di- <laughs> yeah it's directed by him and co-starring him along with jermaine clement it's a mockumentary about the day-to-day life of vampires it almost has like an office style. It does. really to does. It. A uh, lot of awkwardness, a lot of silence. I'll yeah. be honest, well, that's why I did not want to watch it in the first place. These, <gasps> yeah, yeah, I'll say it. <laughs> what, because of The Office? <laughs> it's just, I think we mentioned that off, off the mic, but like, I, it, for me, and I, let me say the first, let me finish, but you know, it's the idea of like a banal, kind of like quiet, awkward, supernatural comedy. I just, I, I did not have any interest in it. Wow. Just okay. the, the, yeah. the clashing of horror just, and comedy. I in I, this. Yeah. Like I, I, I really like the office. I don't need anything else to be like the office in my life. Like <laughs> that's I'm, fair. I got it. I, I, I got that's that's that fair. flavor. Okay. I'm good. Now, now be fair. See, for a second, I thought you were saying you didn't like the office. I thought you were about no, to bash no, the no, office no. and I was starting to glare yeah. at you so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got like these clubs in your hands. I don't know where they came from. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and, but then, and then I actually finally got off. I got off my ass and I watched what we do in the shadows and I loved it. And yeah. that, that's my, it's thing. a genuinely, Back it's a good movie. <laughs> a lot of, uh, improvisational dialogue, which he would, you know, go on to include in Thor. Uh, mm. but it's, yeah, it's a, it's a really good movie. It may drag a little bit. If well, I would have any criticism. Jermaine and, and, uh, Taika have been working on these characters for probably over a decade. Like a they, came out with a What We Do in the Shadows short film back in 2005. Mm-hmm. So, you know, back when they were still in New Zealand just trying to build their their career yeah, up. That was around when Flight of the Concords was, like, yeah, starting. Yeah, they were already thinking of this. Of Concords, yeah, they were already thinking of this premise. So, you know, it's not like they wrote this movie, like, out of their ass two years before making it. This was a tried and true formula that they had been working on for a while. Well, also speaking to Taika and Jermaine's relationship, they've actually been working together for a couple decades now. They were in, I don't remember if it was an improv group or some kind of a comedy group through New Zealand, but they've been basically best friends for like 20 years now, just working together on all kinds of different projects. And it's really funny in the interview that I was uh, speaking to earlier, they like, are constantly busting each other's balls on different things. And he's just like, he's talking back to Jermaine as future projects. And he's like, yeah, you know, I don't really have time to make these indie films anymore. Now that like I'm, I'm a big hot movie star <laughs> yeah. director now. I mean, Jermaine has been doing big things. Like he was in, he was uh, great. He in was Legion. He was, in he was Legion. amazing. Yeah. In Legion. And he was great in, uh, in Moana as the crab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he was fart he was in and Rick and Morty. Yeah, the gas yeah. cloud. He's in yeah. Legion. Oh, the Moon Man. Ca- oh, haven't you seen Legion? I've seen like the first three episodes. Oh yeah, he doesn't yeah. show up until a little later on, yeah. but he has a 
really great role. Like yeah. he knocks it out of the park. He's mm. so good. Cool. Uh, he plays a guy living in an ice cube <laughs> in an alternate dimension. Legion's so fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. Show. <laughs> it's yeah. such. I would always. I used to come home and Ernie would have it on, and I would try to piece together what was happening, and it was hopeless. It's, like, it's like, something you have to watch it from the beginning and pay yeah. close attention to everything. And even then, you might be wondering like. I don't know what's happening, but I'm just along for the ride here. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, try yeah. and piece it together later. Yeah, our our boy uh, Noah Hawley, friend of the pod. Um, <laughs> but back to what we do in the shadows. I love this film. I think yeah. it's um, Taika's best work, and I just feel like he got the chance to go full parody mode with the whole you know vampire horror genre. Like he's able to. To tackle like Nosferatu and Dracula yeah. and all these tropes. When I realized uh, that the Nosferatu uh, dr- uh, dr- vampire would be in the movie, that's when I kind of clicked from like, okay, I see <laughs> that what was, you're trying to yeah. do. Yeah. It's it very, very smart, funny. very intelligent. And then the whole thing with the werewolves and just oh. that whole dynamic. <laughs> and we should so speak good. to that about his upcoming, the sequel to what we do in the shadows, Werewolves. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for that. Just the name alone the, sold me. Yeah, when like, you put a pun in the title of your movie, I'm in. Yeah, Sorry to be I'm the in. Debbie Downer, but he's on record pretty recently saying it's taking like forever. Like, well, they're they're oh, thinking of making it a, a, a TV, TV show. show now. Yeah, I thought yeah, that yeah. was a TV show of uh, what we do in the show is not werewolves. Yeah, it, it's oh. it's sort of in transition right now. I don't think they know exactly what they're going to do. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to werewolves if I just do not think of it as a thing that will come out for the next five years. Because then mm. in five years I'll be like, oh, finally, True. and then like I'll enjoy yeah. it. You know? I mean, I hope they do it. I do too. I'm sure they will. I just like I can't be excited for it for so many years. So, uh, what are are y'all's thoughts on Hunt for the Wilder People? Then, yeah. Well, first of all, I want you guys to just tell me about this because I haven't seen it. Okay. okay. I saw it last night. And what uh, is it about? Basically, it's a story of uh, a orphan boy, orphan boy uh, who was in you know social services, child services, Mm. and uh, it takes place in New Zealand. Shot in New Zealand, Zealand and based and it it, it, uh, one of the he basically is given to this uh this couple the the mother is the one of the people from uh what we do in the shadows okay cool. and the dad is uh sam, sam neil it's sam neil and huh. basically some stuff happens uh, i don't want to get into exactly they go on an adventure they go on an adventure yeah and it's i think it's better than uh what we do in the shadows uh, it's definitely more heartfelt more yes. dramatic oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah yes. that's what yeah. i was when, say, when totally. i when i watched what we do in the shadows it was basically the best possible version of what i expected which is kind of like a pretty easy go and lackadaisical comedy that just like makes you feel good and then yeah. you move on with your life um and then so that kind of not to get too far ahead that kind of influenced my view of what thor ragnarok would be which is you know mm. a kind of inoffensive immaterial just like very funny movie starring chris hemsworth with the, and then but I, I had never seen Hunt for the Wilder People when I realized that the guy can make a really powerful drama, mm. which is what it is. It is like cool. a staggeringly like Which still has some great, movie. great humor. Oh, it's in hilarious. It. Especially the news anchors yes. are, are incredible <laughs> in that movie. Yeah, it, it, the, the, such the, dark, dark humor. The, yeah. the shock, uh, you know, I would have been a lot. The shocking thing about Hunt for the Wilder People is how well it can just pivot from a really, really funny scene to a really stark and and depressing like you know story beat and it never feels like they're getting in the way of each other the humor mm-hmm. and the drama is like I wow. think matched perfectly I've not seen something that's like that, done so yeah, well that already sold me I love movies that can interweave that naturally because that's one of the hardest it's things to really do in hard. terms of screenwriting it's so difficult but uh, you have to, I mean obviously Taika does an exemplary job writing and directing this mm-hmm. film 
but you gotta hand it to Sam Neill and yeah. Julian oh, yeah. Dennison, who plays Ricky. Name? Yeah, he is phenomenal He's in this so film. Good. Yeah, he plays Round two versus Dennison. <laughs> <laughs> go, quick, uh, quick, Kyle. And, and, and the go movie, Nichols. And the movie doesn't really, you know, it's about you know basically how these two eventually bond, but it's not really super sentimental or you know like saccharine in doing it. It's like they they do not like each other for a lot of the no, movie. Dude, They're the, never the kid is cruel. And, yeah. <laughs> and just mean as fuck. And, and that just eventually, when they finally do spoilers, they do end up liking each other. It's like it feels really earned, and it's just good. that that very satisfying yeah. kind of thing. Okay, it's, so that sounds that sounds like a good movie. It is. They're both. He's a great. What, great is this director. before or after what we do in the shadows? After. 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 Yeah. Okay. What we do in the shadows is made in like 2014. Yeah. So this is like yeah. last this year. This was last too. year. Yeah. yeah. Wow. This came out last year. And but it, speaking. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, you can finish. I didn't. No, okay. I'd rather hear what you have to say. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I. It was speaking to this because he does have this very comedic tone that runs throughout mm-hmm. all of his projects that we've seen so far. Um, what do you guys think about the heavy rumors right now that he's going to be directing an Akira film? Never because Akira does not have any humor in it. And I don't think that Akira should have any kind of a humor. It's a very serious and cerebral yeah. story. And I'm not sure how I feel about... I mean, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Taika Waititi, but I'm not sure about the fit. It seemed it seemed like an odd idea from the start. I don't yeah. know. Uh, I mean, yeah. I like the idea of because the worst thing that they can do if they try and make this live action Akira film, which of course we should also profess this by saying that this might never get made. People have been talking about making a live action Akira film for years, and it's probably never twenty happened. twenty years or so. Yeah, it's yeah. never happened, but it seems to be in the like origins of pre-production at this point that they are trying to get this made the production teams are trying to work behind this project and i just don't know if the fit is quite right i think that the worst possible thing they could do is whitewash this but the second worst possible thing might be trying to throw too much humor into akira well i would say that i think what history of movies have shown us in the last like three decades is that it's really, really hard to translate, like, you know, it's not like Japanese a- anime and, like, a manga-like aesthetics into, like, an American movie. It's you, never you, worked you well. It's never been never. better than the original anime. So cultures are too different. It, 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 really, it really is. Like, it's just, you can't, it's it's an awkward fit if you try to directly translate it. It's just very awkward. Yeah, so you have I, to be incredibly reverent. Yeah. But do you, though? Because, like, if, what, what do you mean by that? Sorry, I don't want to. I, I just mean... Like in order to do justice to it, you would either have to be very reverent, or you would have to figure out how to translate it really well into something American, which is harder than just respecting the fact that it is from a different country. I I feel like I feel like Ghost in the Shell is a very aggressive like screen like you know panel to screen rep- like translation the, the with Scarlett Johansson, and yeah. it wasn't it was kind of in a weird way, almost bland. It lacked that kind of like frenetic energy and like dynamic dynamicism or whatever fake dynamism. I never, I never saw it. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It, it was, it wasn't bad, but it does, it's very, you know, inoffensive. I feel like maybe do something, you know, this is kind of my opinion on adaptations in general. Like I, I think you can rarely, rarely beat the original source material by, you know, just copying it beat for beat. Do something new. If, you know, if I, I feel like Taika Waititi understands not to, drown it in humor or maybe he doesn't i don't know but like i feel like they should definitely try to go like a different path or go an odd way to get here and like so that i like that more than i like i like him as an idea more than 
I don't know, you know, like uh, McGee. <laughs> like yeah. just some well, they were actually J.J. Abrams no. directed. They were, yeah, suggesting, yeah. <laughs> they were suggesting Jordan Peele at one point, but he said he didn't have any interest in it. Yeah. I think that if, if Taika Waititi is able to take a big property like Akira that, you know, mm-hmm. they really want to put a lot of money behind and still make his own film like he you know pretty much did with Thor yeah. it'll probably be made for make for a fine film there is another avenue don't make the movie. <laughs> That's, that is the avenue like, that just, should be taken. Yeah. If you can't just do live it right, with the uh, anime, do it. Yeah. yeah. Or just, if it's, it's going to be made, put like a billion dollar budget into this movie. <laughs> make it the best yeah. looking movie ever <laughs> of all time. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So, we're back on, any any other thoughts on Taika Waititi before I, we dive into Thor? Something because I, I again I watched Thor last night and uh, and then I went home and watched Hunt for the Wilder People and I think something I really enjoyed about Hunt for Wilder People and Taika Waititi in general, like his, his filmmaking style, is that a lot of the times there's such, you know, his movies have such a, a breezy kind of just like almost lackadaisical kind of like sense of comedy. Mm. And, you know, it's very, very, you know, not parody, but it's very, you know, pointing fun. It's like you know, characters are buffoons. Uh, yeah. That it's very, a lot of times it's hiding like, or, you know, leading to like some serious drama, which is what I think Hunt for the Wilder People does so well. And I think it makes a lot more sense now, like, like that seeing that that's what he did with uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, considering what he did with Thor, which yeah. I guess we could talk mm. about now. Yeah, <laughs> so so now let's uh, get into our review of Thor Ragnarok, Thor which is Ragnarok. Taika Waititi's latest film. It's the 17th film in the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. God. The in third one this year. This, this yeah. thing can get close to... The, the Marvel Universe can get close to, like, getting lottery tickets. Yeah, <laughs> so they're pumping out... Uh, about two per year. No, three. We're at three. At now, this man. point, we're, we're at three. It's been steadily increasing. Yeah, it's increasing. And, now and we're since at three. they started, it's been yeah. about two. Yeah, and per they're year. gonna get to four at some point. So, I mean, this movie, like, let's just let's just do overall thoughts. I I do want to make sure we hit certain things. I I did take some notes, but yeah. overall thoughts. It's a good movie. Like, it's good. It's, they have it I, down I to think, a formula and a science yeah. that they can just pump out enjoyable fun yeah. rides. Okay, so does anyone want to make the argument that this is not the best Thor movie? <laughs> no. I don't think I, no I don't think any human being who's ever seen the other Thor movies would make that argument. I'm I like the Dark World more. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually make the argument and I will let y'all say if he's I would make the argument that this is probably one of the best Marvel movies. I like, agree. I'm thinking in the top top 5, really? Definitely top 5, oh, maybe sh- top 3. Wow. And I I have some strong thoughts on this movie that have only really happened since last night. Oh my god, okay, if, we're going to If get we had into talked this. right after we saw the movie the first time, I'd be like, yeah, it was good. Yeah. But I really Again, there's more going on to that movie than I think initially it looks like because of the style of the comedy. Right. But, uh, I mean, okay. Yeah, so, like... Overall thoughts. I think it is shockingly excellent at both being an amazing... At being a great Taika Taika Waititi movie, a great movie that fits in the Marvel Universe, and also a really great ending to the Thor movies. Now, I did not expect those last two to ever be part of it. Mm-hmm. I was expecting a very standalone, you know, he, Taika Waititi is very, very, very like flippant. And, uh, you know, he's very, you know, non, he's not serious about any of this. You know, he said like mm-hmm. before the movie was made, I didn't watch the first two. Yeah. So I, and you can tell, <laughs> yeah, you can tell, but I, I was not thinking like, you know, this is going to be a, 
you know, a conclusion to the trilogy. And, you know, I don't want to call it a trilogy because, again, like, I don't think I've ever seen The Dark World because I, I don't remember anything about it. It might have been a fever dream I had. I feel the same way <laughs> about the original uh, Thor, the yes. first one. I actually like the first Thor uh, more than people do uh, because, A, because I'm a giant Marvel dork and I just have a soft spot for these movies. So let's get that out of the way. Mm. Uh, I, I, you know, I understand, like, maybe criticism and, you know, the, the, the marking is a quality. But also, I do enjoy these characters a lot and mm-hmm. I, I'm happy when they are, you know, translated to the screen in a powerful way. So that's kind of where more of my head's at. And in that regard, I really liked the original Thor because it had a great family dynamic between Odin, Thor, and Loki. Those three, I thought they had a really great, like, you know, back and forth and drum between the three that kind of gave Thor what was interesting about it. It's not a great movie, but the stuff with Tom Hiddleston and Anthony Hopkins I thought was really special, you know, compared to you know, just Robert Downey Jr. making like clever fart jokes or whatever yeah. he was doing, you know. And then I don't know what happened in Thor 2. Uh, and then in Thor 3. Christopher Eccleston was uh, he was Malekith. buried in my makeup. Yeah, you don't remember You don't remember the Malekith the Dark Elf? What are you talking about? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and in Thor 3, I was not expecting the the elements with Odin and Loki to be as strong as they were and to end both kind of those arcs to end as strongly as they mm-hmm. did. Uh, it was like a really, really nice treat. You know, okay. I, th- I thought the scene in Norway with like uh, all the scenes in Norway, I think were really, really fucking great. And then the stuff I thought with Loki where he kind of uh, slower than Thor, the Loki matured in his own way and kind of stopped being the same, like sabotaging trickster kind of thing. Mm. I thought that was good. Okay. So overall my thoughts, I, I'm sure I liked it less than you did. Overall, I liked the movie. I enjoyed watching it. It's worth watching. Um, I think that it solved the biggest problem with the first two Thor movies, which was the art of humanizing a god. That's a hard thing to do. Because, I mean... Well, those two movies definitely attempted that. Yeah, in they, their they own tried. Way. They gave him flaws and stuff, They were, but they were just riddled with these issues where you just... It's like it's like oh I have to I have to be a god but also I have to date Natalie Portman <laughs> like it's like uh, okay, I guess really I care hard. but and there run it runs into this problem of all of the humor is fish out of water humor where mm-hmm. he's just like I don't understand you humans yeah. Yeah. I'm just exactly. a god so this one yeah. what it does I mean first of all they were finally it took Taika Waititi to realize that Chris. Which Hemsworth? Which Chris? Which Chris? Is which Chris, is Chris is <laughs> Evans Pine. Which no. Chris? Chris is Hemsworth this? is fucking funny. Both yeah. of his appearances on SNL are standout appearances where it's like, God, it's not even fair. Why are you funny too? Like he is a good comedic actor, and they finally were willing to lean on him for that, not just to be like the straight man to humor happening around him. He was the center of a lot of the humor in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's ask her that real quick. This is like, if not the funniest Marvel movie. It's definitely in like the top two or it's, three. It's right? up there. I think it's the funniest. It's up there with the Guardians movies. I yeah. think this Well, funnier. that's... They, <laughs> they're, they're realizing that that's the route to go. That mm-hmm. people weren't responding to the Marvel movies taking themselves so seriously and like building this mythology <laughs> of like overarching story yeah. and characters. I like, laugh every time Thor makes fun of the Infinity Stones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes me so happy But people every just want to like, have a good time. Yeah, particularly with the Thor movies. There was a lot yeah. of melodrama and I... Had a pomp. hard time taking it seriously. Pomp and cir- circumstance, like pomp and pompousness. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then they would bring in like Cat Dennings to be funny, and it's like Chris Hemsworth is funny. Yeah. So they they let him be funny. They took away his powers even more so than they usually did to to put him on our level. And the that. result was we 
we related to this Thor a lot more than the first two. And symbolically speaking, they cut his hair off. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. they it, that was a that was a big moment in yep. terms of and just spoilers. kind of grounding him. They did other stuff too to Thor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thor got kicked around. Hunter, some okay. some overall thoughts. Okay, I have I have lots of thoughts. Uh, namely, I really want to spend some time after a review going over a listing of our favorite Marvel movies because. I just have to say the, the original Thor movie is my least favorite Marvel movie. Damn. I hate Wait, the first more, Thor more movie. More than The Dark World? Yes. No, The Dark World was at least like a fun fantasy movie. The first Thor movie was remember? so painstakingly boring. Wow. It was so boring and so many Dutch angles that I had a I had a <laughs> there migraine. Were a lot of Dutch I had a migraine by the just, time I when they're just that like movie. sitting in a coffee shop. Yeah. And yeah. Let me just say, <laughs> Hunter, say, Hunter is wearing lederhosen. Right it takes now. a <laughs> lot for me to hate a Marvel movie because Marvel movies are cranked out to be good to pretty good like every marvel yeah, movie on a scale of six <laughs> to eight <laughs> yeah exactly that's the marvel range um but yeah i really i think that both the thor and the captain america movies which you guys can argue more against in the captain america movies but i think that they've done the rare thing with trilogies which is they've gotten better and better with each sequel i think yeah yeah i yeah, i yeah. i think that both for thor and for um Captain, Captain America. America. Both of them have gotten better and better. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. And I really, I thought it, it was a blast the whole time. After seeing it a second time, I still laughed out loud at certain moments. Namely with Taika's character who plays Korg. <laughs> Korg. Every Amen. time. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm Korg. starting revolution. I... <laughs> I knew that it was great when his first scene in the movie, he's a rock person, first of all. <laughs> and he makes a rock, paper, scissors joke. <laughs> I was like, rock, paper, scissors I'm joke. in. I'm so in. I, I love that. And A, I should say that uh, Korg and Meek are from the uh, the Planet Hulk comic, which came out. Oh, like, really? Yeah, they are directly from. And I got to say, the, the Planet Hulk, Hulk comic, which came out, like I think, around like a decade ago, a little bit more, is what got me to start reading them because it's just a phenomenal. Reading comics? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I, I just ran across it in Barnes & Noble, and I, I didn't get up for like three hours. And like, it, it, it's this very... That's where the hat, the second act, where it comes from, is basically uh, the whole crash lands on a planet. Where the, st- the comic story is much more of like a, a Conan thing, where he becomes a gladiator, then like a champion, then a king. You know. Yeah, and the the planet like celebrates him and is yeah, obsessed it, with the, him. The, the, the much whole, like yeah, the, the, it's very the much the movie gets the main point across is that this is a place where the Hulk can call home. You know, he likes being there. And it's funny, you know, it's in. It's kind of better to watch the Hulk enjoy his life and punch stuff than watch him, you know, cry to himself. And it's just a different thing. And uh, no, and Korg and Meek were in it where I think Taika Waititi is a great, great, great fit for Korg because he's just a very nice rock man in the books. Yeah. And that's like, <laughs> and all Taika, right. Taika Waititi has about the most non-threatening Korg yeah. you can have. Yeah, he does. You know? Korg's a very sweet yeah. guy. So also, yeah, guys, we it. haven't talked yet about Jeff Goldblum. Oh. And he, he is perfect. <laughs> yeah. His very first scene when he's introduced and there's like Daft Punk playing music behind him <laughs> yeah. in the background. He is, and he just starts playing the synth. Yeah. I was like, this is incredible. Jeff, I Jeff love Goldblum this. is the one Per, human being on earth that is allowed to play themselves yeah. in every single movie that they're <laughs> it's in. It's like, hi, I'm Jeff. And, and I'm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll take I'm the money. fine with it because <laughs> he is transcendent as himself. But, but it takes a director like Taika Waititi to not make it feel out of place and cheap yeah, and corny. He still yeah. fit in. So he had an amazing performance. I also want to give a lot of credit to Tessa Thompson. Oh my Tessa God. Tessa Thompson yeah. was amazing. Like God. she killed it. Yeah. There was <laughs> only a couple, I think it was namely. 
Carl Urban's performance was really yeah. the only guy who I didn't care for in this movie. Mm. But everybody else, I thought that they did great. Like, even with Kate Blanchett's character, you can have a problem with uh, with Hella's arc in the movie and how interesting it is. Mm. But or you can the tell, lack of one, perhaps. I yeah. thought it was okay. very but interesting. You can but tell, I'll get to that later. No, no, no. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I agree. I think that it's interesting enough to kind of keep you in it. But... I you can still tell that everybody else involved in this movie they're just having a blast yeah. like they just they just love working with Taika they're having so much fun I, on set I think the movie's biggest missed opportunity is putting Kate Blanchett and Carl Urban away from the rest of the cast the entire movie they and that's don't, a yeah. that's a big problem that you have when it almost reaches these points where you spend such little time with Kate Blanchett and Carl Urban's character that you're just like all right, can we just get back to like yeah, the you buddy get, cop uh-huh. story that we have going on between Thor and yeah. Hulk? Like, and I, I just think, I love. I just want to see more of these I, two I guys. When, yeah, one of the weaker things maybe did is that I just scourge Carl Urban in general. Uh, he's like a he's there's this the, you know the moment in the movie where uh, Scourge has the two machine guns and he jumps yeah. down. And he dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is like an iconic, iconic, iconic badass moment from like the biggest Thor run uh, mm. by Walt Simonson. It's a great moment and it's like built straight on, from the page, straight straight from the page, but um. It doesn't have the same impact in the movie. Because no impact. It's just not, yeah, it's just not well, as. Yeah. The, the his whole arc had no impact because we knew what the fuck was gonna was so happen. Predictable, I think yeah. it was fine. Wait, guys, I guys, guys I think I every... think we should give some more general thoughts and then we'll yeah. get into spoilers okay, okay. and talk I think, about uh, directly. Oh, right, right, right. I think that. Um, I think that if you cut away, I think my major thought, what I really enjoy about this movie, is that I think this movie is Phase Three's Winter Soldier, which is that oh, it is okay. a it I, is I, a I, yeah. I think it's a really good comparison. A really interesting shakeup of the franchise that ends the character in a re, in a really interesting spot. Probably the most interesting of any of the characters for that phase. Like in any Winter Soldier, Captain America was like the most interesting guy on that crew. It was like Shield's gone. You know his his beliefs and things have been shattered a little bit. Where does he go next? Yeah, well, it's, this, it's a completely different film. Yeah, but 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 at, but like the the impact that it has both in the in the world and you know your feelings on the character. Like, I think right now that where Thor ends up at the end of this movie is the most interesting place of any of the I characters think, I mean, going into Avengers. He went from Avengers. being my least favorite yeah. Avenger to my it's, like the it's most interesting character like, resuscitation. He's, he's you know? fucking great now. Well, uh, I, I want to make sure that we we hit some things yeah, before sure, sure. we get to spoilers. So, mm-hmm. um, just. Overall cast, I think our MVPs are Goldblum, Ruffalo, and Thompson. Like, I had so much fun watching all yeah. three of these act, like, especially Jeff Goldblum. I did not get enough no, of him. No. And I didn't nearly know if Jeff Goldblum would give it his all at this stage in his career, <laughs> like, how willing he'd be to just, like, commit yeah. to this. But it was perfect casting. Like, also, they could have cast it better. I really want to bring attention to the art direction and the set design. Oh, dude, it's straight. For the Sakaar planet. It's straight and, Jack Kirby. Yeah. It's and so on good. that note, I think that we should also credit the soundtrack. The yeah, soundtrack who is, to who this is, movie. It was guy? it was Mark Mothersbaugh yeah. soundtrack, Mothersbaugh. Uh, yeah. who has done everything under the sun. He did Rugrats back in the day. <laughs> I think uh, that it's probably one of the most recognizable, like not counting the Guardian soundtracks, which is just old, old yeah. songs. Yeah. Like I think it was the best original score in a no, Marvel. Mar- movie. Marvel movies have notoriously pretty mediocre. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're just meant to blend in. Yeah, like, this I one did not blend in. There's you know? been a there's been like a couple times while driving uh, in the past like weeks and seeing the movie where I'm just like boo doo doo. It's a nice nice synth synth wave. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's really cool. But he still managed to incorporate those 
familiar, you know, Marvel Avengers and like to orchestra point, tones. To your point about the art design, going into this movie, I was worried it was going to have a little bit of like Guardians of the Galaxy esque elements to it, where there's like seeing all this like successive Guardians and they try and just over flood it with all these colors and crazy stuff mm-hmm. and I think that they did a much better job as opposed to Guardians of the Galaxy 2 at making more memorable set pieces that weren't just flooded with colors yeah, and all fair. this yeah crazy uh, retro the, the planet this. that like most of the movie takes on to the best comparison Sakaar. yeah Sakaar. <laughs> the the best comparison for it especially the outskirts of the planet would be yeah, Blade trash. Runner Blade yeah. Runner 2049 yeah, yeah. there's a trash world in that mm-hmm. as yeah. well the color even when everything is garbage, it's all yeah. colored and it's yeah. just beautiful. It's so I, cool. I, I can't think of another movie where I'm watching characters walk around, but I'm also watching like the Jack Curry designs of the hallways and the floors. Yes. And it's right. just, it's so distinct. Beautiful. And it's like, and this, these were all these, that design was basically kind of started like in the 1960s, early 1960s. And just, it's, it's still like one of the most iconic visually mm. like compelling things I've seen. And I think this is one of the first, if not the first MCU film to really embrace yes. that Jack Kirby yes, art style. This definitely is. Because, you know, you, you look at all these old, old Marvel comics that are just bright and primary colors everywhere. Mm-hmm. So colorful. And you don't see any of that in these movies. No, you 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 have more as time's gone on. But if you like like yeah, the original Thor, like it, it was a little muted. The colors were, you know, uh, you know, Iron Man. It just it it had like a more it because I don't I don't want to get like too technical, but like Phase One, it seemed they were more going for the um, y'all know about like the Ultimate Comics lines, right? Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, very dark, unsaturated. Yeah, and- the the Ultimate Comics were basically. It, it sounds like a parody now, but back in like 2000, it wasn't. It's was just like, what how, what if we make like these characters more grounded, more realistic for a scarier world? You know, at yeah. the time, that was fresh. Now, it's not as fresh. And, you know, so they've slowly been getting away from that. Sen- I think since the first Avengers is where things really took a break, you know. At the end of phase one. At the end of, yeah, at the end of yeah. phase one. I think, you know, with the destruction of S.H.I.E.L.D., that was kind yeah. of like. And the, with Guardians, too. Yeah, because yeah, the Ultimate Comics. Everyone was a Shield agent. You were worked for. A, you were a Shield scientist or a Shield experiment, or you're just Shield, Shield, Shield. Hawkeye's a Shield guy. And then once they <laughs> got rid of Shield, that was kind of like the marking that they're going to start enjoying this world more. You know what yeah. I mean? And but, I think that's for the better for these films. Absolutely, because yeah, you know, not only are people feeling the fatigue from this being the seventeenth entry in the series, but but are they from this one? <laughs> like, <I think> <laughs> <you> <laughs> or can, from like five of them ago? I feel yeah. you can feel that fatigue during like Doctor Strange. I yeah, think. Uh, oh, Doctor Strange. Speaking was, of yeah. which. Uh, let's get into spoilers, guys. Yeah. Wait, okay. wait, wait. Let's, any any other thoughts before we go into spoilers? I think it's really go not? see it. Like, yeah, I mean, I go, I, oh my I god, will say it's, it's a fucking Marvel movie. <laughs> Everybody's already see seen it. it. Everybody's <laughs> already seen it. But I think it's my favorite Marvel movie of the year. I it's definitely. I think this has been a, a I I think this has been a really really strong year. I think those the last two have been kind of weak. I differ where I. I I'm not really that into Civil War. That was kind of fine. It just, it oh, just, it just right. had so many friggin' characters that you can't really pay attention or care about any of them. It's just that, that just overstuffed. But uh, I, we got to talk about yeah. the Marvelous things. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I, I think it's good. I just think Winter Soldier's better. You, uh, you driving some tunes now? All right. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna get pee. Spoiler alert. And that spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Oh, spoiler, oh, spoiler, oh, spoiler, oh, spoiler oh, alert! We bought a mic. We bought a mic. And now we're spoiling. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! 
Okay, so we went over a lot of positives. I want to talk about why I was overall disappointed with this and movie. And then I'll talk about why I love this movie. Let's get okay. to it. <laughs> so I was expecting it to be really good. I love Taika Waititi, so I was already expecting it to be good. You didn't have to tell... I didn't have to read that he hadn't seen the other Thor movies. You get the sense that he doesn't give a fuck about the Marvel shit. He doesn't care. All the Asgard stuff, I thought, was so underdeveloped. Yeah. The entire Carl Urban plot line, first of all. Every scene, he's like, oh, should I be a bad person? You know he's not going to be a bad person in the end. Uh, and then... Okay. I, I actually thought his performance was well, pretty good. I'm not going to blame his performance for that. It's the writing of it. Yeah. It was a very predictable plotline that you've I've seen in probably 20 movies. And I feel the same way about Kate Blanchett. I thought she did a great job because she's a phenomenal actress and she just wanted to have a good time mm. playing a role that her kids would enjoy. Yeah. Not some like boring fucking Woody Allen shit or whatever. It's Yeah. Like she's doing a great job. It's just... Taika did not care yeah. about the Asgard the character, stuff, which made me yeah, not exactly. care about Here's it. Here's my thing. I think he did. <laughs> so Why? I know, okay, so basically, rewatching the movie, b- beneath all the comedy, the movie is basically the story about, you know, shithead Thor eventually becoming, like, an actual leader of his people. And not so much, like, even, like, and that that's, like, reinforced throughout the movie where in the beginning... Scourge is yelling at him for, you know, like making jokes about him not showing up a lot. You know, he says things are always working out. He's kind of immature. And the movie, a lot more than the first two, are focusing on the people of Asgard. You know, they there are scenes of the people being in trouble, of the people fighting. You know, the entire plotline for Heimdall is making sure they're safe. And the entire movie is Thor dealing with shitty leaders, be it Loki pretending to be Odin and just ignoring all the problems, be it Odin that is... Basically, you find out kind of like a, a warlord in the beginning. They yeah. kind of mm-hmm. cover it all up. Uh, Hela, who wants to be like a monster leader, uh, you know. Then you have uh, uh, the Grandmaster, who's just a giant con man. And there, there's all these examples of just dick bag leaders in a sense. And he kind of stands out above them by actually going back, not to fight for Asgard, but to fight for the people. And I think that was actually a pretty pretty cool arc that he had. So I think you know. I think the reason that people think that the Asgard stuff was as a focus on is because it's not, it's frankly, it's not as funny because there's less funny people in the scenes in Asgard. It just, it feels like a different movie. Like I, I can't see how these two completely different plot lines mesh together cohesively. I actually think that's a really interesting point that you brought up about the, about just the story, the greater story that's trying to tell about Thor's leadership. And I think that's, I feel like, there, I wish that the remnants that are there in the movie, I wish that they were more pronounced, and I wish that we spent more time on Asgard for us to learn more about the Kate Blanchett's character and Carl Urban's character so we would care more about them because I, I also saw this movie a second time, and while I didn't, I didn't mind the Asgard stuff as much as I did the first time that I saw it, I found myself, because of how funny and how great great the stuff on sitar on sakar was i just not sitar that's <laughs> I, my eye twitches yeah. Like, yeah. how do you how dare you not know sakar <laughs> but as great as that stuff was whenever we went to asgard i found myself just like all right i know this scene is only gonna be like two minutes long so then we can just get back to the fun stuff with thor and uh, yeah Hulk i think like yeah okay uh, admittedly that you know i think i don't think taiko 
Taika Waititi didn't care about the Asgard stuff because there's clearly he's putting stuff in with like even and again even Cl- Kate and, Blanchett does crack a few jokes yeah, where she like and, gives this whole big monologue and they're like what are you doing yeah. here and she's like did you listen to yeah, anything I, I just also, said and I just thought well. that sucked first of all that joke I, that didn't land for me well, Heimdall as well he's also a leader of the people that's why he's one of the better ones but ultimately I think yeah it's structurally imbalanced where the more fun stuff is yeah. not there and that, it, that it ha- yeah, can't be that's, ignored that's just what it seemed like to me like things mm-hmm. important things were happening on Asgard but it seemed like development wise more time was put into the other stuff it seemed like he was like all right i know i have to put in this stuff but i'm just gonna put a little movie inside the movie yeah that and i care about a lot more see that's yeah. what it felt like the first time but re-watching the movie i i honestly think that he because you know if you want hunt for the wilder people he's not focusing a ton of time on growing growing like the the characters like like the actual development is tiny moments that slowly build well he eliminates like he does that here the too. the thor's like two best friends like the brother or yeah. the warriors three mm-hmm. two of them get murdered before they're even able to get their lines out yeah, which is basically taika <laughs> being like okay we're gonna forget about that yeah none of that matters let's just mm-hmm. uh reset and go forward with this i think why this i really enjoyed this movie compared to other marvel movies is that you know if you ask me what is ant-man about or, or spider-man is about the answer is it's it's about you know making you laugh and watching them punch people you know if you ask you know what the winter soldier is about it's about you know the clash of you know 1940s ideals with hyper like security in the yeah. new world you know and this actually had was about something about like what makes a good leader and thor made all these shit lords actually finds his way to like becoming you know the king of all of them grant's been shaking his head okay. in the couch Think he wants to chime in. Okay, okay. Quickly, I want to point out my biggest criticism to this movie because I do love this movie, but I do have some major faults with it. And one of the those biggest faults is it's also it's it's bittersweet because it's also something that I love is that I love that this movie has no stakes in anything. It doesn't. There's a point in which See, that's not a there's good a point thing. In which, <laughs> but, but there's a point in which Bruce Banner jumps out of the building. And he's like. I have to, you know, you'll find out who I am. He jumps out and he just fucking dies. He just like jumps yeah. on the Bifrost yeah. and just His like falls and collapses. And that's Taika being Taika. And but, like, but for that moment or for the, on that note, I, st- I don't think the Odin's death in a scene in which you should be like holding back tears that didn't quite land for really? me. Yeah. I think Anthony Hopkins elevated that performance he's because so he's good. incredible. He's phenomenal. But yeah. I don't really like it's have just as like many a- emotional stakes, which I appreciate because there's so many superhero movies. We're about to go see Justice League in a week Are that's you? going to take itself so seriously and pretend like the entire world is depending on these her- heroes. And I appreciate just seeing a superhero movie that was just fun. It's like... All right, we're just you, on this fucking you can planet. Just, you can just swivel the uh, the mic stand. And we're going to see what Grant has to say right now. Okay, I can't hear myself, but You're so I, fine. I agree with with what what, uh, what Harry said in that the ending for Thor specifically was good because it you know, it kind of wipes the slate clean and gives you like, you know, it, it's kind of promising for the new Asgard, you know, and Thor has like some responsibility and authority. He's finally now. the king. Right, right. Uh, deservedly so. But Hela was totally an afterthought. Like, like she it was like the backstory of the whole thing. And she was like a major villain. Yeah. It was crazy. There was just, there was no, there was nothing to make you care about her. There was no sympathetic moment with the villain. Well, 
Yeah, that, but like it it also almost seemed like I wasn't concerned about her. You know, yeah, like I, I'm I wasn't saying. I wasn't that worried about it. It was just like, oh, she's evil. She wants to be evil. She wants to take yeah. over. You, you, that's what you got from her. You were like, oh, she's bad. I don't like it. Yeah. Okay. On that note, I do think this is my favorite Marvel movie of the year, but I do think it was a step back for Marvel in that we've had two Marvel movies this year in which we've had the rare occurrence in which we actually care about the villains. And with Spider-Man Homecoming, who, of course, Michael Keaton elevated that performance as well and then with uh the guardians of the galaxy volume 2 which i think is the weakest marvel movie to come out this year but i still cared about the performance of the villain and i i cared about his involvement and his motivations and they all make sense where hella kind of as great as Kate blanchett is she's just the god of death and that's just that's her that's her role is just the god of death i think if you look at her as oh go ahead no no i think if you look at her as just another like angle on like what makes a bad leader you know which is just like complete you know lust for power and warlordness you know and i think that it just gives a more interesting take on it but uh she's definitely i think the weakest part of the movie yeah i definitely agree and here's my take on on hella is on paper on in, in the script, in, in the story that is being told, it's so interesting to yeah. have this notion of the history of Asgard being a lie. And yeah, to I'm have Hela come in and be like, hey, all of this is fucking bullshit. Let me show you what is really going on. Like, that is so interesting. But the film doesn't make you care about it at all i I kind of did (laughs) i enjoyed it i cared about (laughs) jeff goldblum and mark ruffalo and hulk being awesome i like Like, both of them like it really really feels like if you think back to age of ultron and the ragnarok that they were setting up in that film when thor goes into the cave bath that is a completely different movie than what we got and I that's what I don't they, see that as a bad thing. And they, I, no, obviously, <laughs> obviously not. It was going to be more of the same. Uh, yeah. But they handed that to Waititi, and they were like, "Yo, okay, so we're going to let you do what you whatever you want, but you have to hit these bullet points. You have to tell a certain story while still doing your own thing." And he did his best and he made a great movie. Like this is a great yeah. movie, but it really feels like it's two movies just not quite combined into for, one for for the last bit of my two cents i, I, I want to say first of all i i enjoyed the movie like the whole thing uh i do think odin's death was like way undersold that that should have been like a huge thing yeah, yeah. it's like oh i gotta die real quick bye uh, yeah yeah just poof <laughs> <laughs> shot it outside of yeah like his, his magical yeah. space dust yeah yeah it's <laughs> like all right and we're moving past it now and, but, but I what a great the- linen suit <laughs> yeah i like that i like that it was the color of linen I mean, it's a yeah suit. <laughs> the watch boys said that they just shot that outside his house yeah. <laughs> set up a quick Quick green screen and, they're like, I, uh, <laughs> and then the Westworld came in. I, I want to say <laughs> the same place. I think the dumbest part of the movie and what probably, what to me makes it most clear that Taika had not seen the other uh, Thor movies is at um, is is when Thor says, uh, "Hey Loki, maybe you're not so bad after all." Mm. I I rolled so hard in the movie. I was like, "Did you learn nothing?" Like, yeah, I know this is stupid. You've said that every movie. Like, yeah, that's that's so... which kind of makes me think of like, what is the point of Loki in these yeah. movies? Like, well, like, like <laughs> it, it's gone back and forth in betrayal I, so I, much I t- that I took it as that basically 
he did betray Thor again in this movie, and as soon as he did, Thor got the jump on him. Exactly. And that then, was that was it. And, came yeah, right after and he then said when he that, s- and he sits down and goes to him. He says like basically effectively everyone's changing but you <laughs> and like you're that was a be, good scene you're i really like that yeah you're supposed to be the god of mischief mischief but like you're not changing you know and that's like that's i felt it's kind of like he was like saying you gotta upgrade yourself step up yes but what grant is saying is that yeah. after that yeah, moment but he still end. he did it yeah but, but loki <laughs> he still came, but loki came back like, oh, hey, but good. loki came back to help so Guys, he did do something yeah different. I, I, I have a theory he changed i have a theory <laughs> the here movie. And I haven't really been reading a ton of reviews or anything like this, but it's just a theory that I have. There's that shot whenever Loki is going through the tunnels. Oh, yeah. The, the what, armory. What do you call it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The armory underneath the sea. And uh, he lingers just for a little bit. You oh, see yeah. him stare yeah. at, yeah, at the Tesseract. He, t- he totally takes he it. He totally takes that. Yeah. yeah. So he's going to betray Thor again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's exactly my point. I'm saying in the context of it it might be changed. It might. uh, Avengers might start with him just being like, bye, bitch, and pushing him off. Exactly. But right now, I think the movie's pausing it as like he's he like Thor has matured a little bit. And that's why I enjoy it as the ending of the trilogy. Yeah. If if we're trying to look at I don't think this this is the end, by the way. I think that there's going to be even Taika Taika has talked about that he would be interested in coming back for another Thor movie. I hope so. And I think that if. If they're going to ever make another Thor movie, it has to have Taika in it, it at really this point. Should. But like, this has been by far the best Thor movie. Why would they ever try and recreate Thor again after mm-hmm. this? Oh, I'm gonna make two points. The first one is that I wish Taika Waititi had directed one of the earlier Thors because a lot Dark had, World, yeah. a lot had been established already, and he didn't really care about what had been established already in this one. I would say the he second tried to retcon it. It was, a soft, it was a, a soft reboot. Kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. The second point is I think I might be getting sick of Marvel movies. Okay. There's only yeah. been 17 of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you can only like they're they're changing. They're tweaking in the right direction with this movie. They made the right tweaks to make Thor better. But it's. I feel. I don't I know. Feel, I'm just getting kind of sick. I of it. feel like I, that complaints. Va- I feel like that yeah. complaints very valid. Uh, I don't know. Absolutely I think that's, agree. I think that's valid with Doctor Strange, where it's just like the exact same origin story. This movie is not like you know. I, it was Captain better than America. Doctor Strange. I liked Guardians two more than this. Uh, I like Guardians because a lot, so because it hard. wasn't. This movie to me was compartmentalized in a yeah. way that is kind of disrespectful to the viewer. Guardians two had everything interspersed throughout there will be humor and there will be sad parts and when there was a sad part they would let it be sad like at the the funeral scene at the end with the fireworks they let that be sad in this movie when they're watching asgard get destroyed they don't let it be sad immediately there's a joke i actually immediately i actually listened to a podcast uh uh last night with taika with with he was basically like yeah, I'm happy to let me get to undercut it. So he knows. He's just Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just like I wish because there was so much humor, I wish they would have let the serious moment be yeah, serious. That's a, that's a, that's a fair to complaint. be honest, uh with you guys, I think that there's one of the biggest problems in Guardians 2 is I think that James Gunn has too much control in Guardians 2 and I think he has <laughs> too much humor. Like, actually, that's one of my biggest faults with Guardians 2. Yeah, is I'm that, surprised you think there aren't moments in Guardians 2 that aren't undercut by humor. I I, the oh, no, there are, but sense. there is at least some hint of seriousness that works. I, I guess my final thoughts on the movie are that, especially rewatching it, is that what I was shocked, because I was not expecting, but I think that that feeling of, like, apathy on one side or, like, division or two movies stitched together, I don't 
right, I did yeah. not feel that as much in the second movie because in the second viewing because I to me I think the the family dynamics with Thor and Loki and Odin they weren't like heavily you know focused on but nothing that movie was really mm. I think but when they did focus on it it was really strong in the best that like that trilogy's ever been it just I really... can't say I can't say that I was as big of a fan of it as you were but yeah. I do definitely agree that I think that it does kind of, especially on a second viewing, it seems a little bit more cohesive, especially with uh, um, Hela's storyline, where you can kind of dive into it more as her just being evil villain, as her being someone who's trying to tell everyone about the true history of Asgard, of her people. Do you think maybe it's because with the first viewing, you're kind of just getting swept up and kind of like your attention, like kind of like jiggled around with all of the jokes and like kind of like the humor and maybe definitely because like, i feel yeah. like the second yeah, I yeah, the, movie, I, the second time i watched me i did focus more about the the character dynamics i mean if it didn't work or you didn't think it was enough that's 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 a completely fair criticism yeah and me, there there is works. an argument that if it takes two viewings to realize something is good that maybe is fair it's, maybe it's not so good. <laughs> i just yeah. i wish that Marvel would have allowed Taika to make a Planet Hulk movie almost, you know, which actually this is something a little bit tangential. But what if Marvel would have had the fucking balls to not have the Hulk in the marketing materials for this film? I wish so. (laughs) Like, could you imagine that? Well, because the film doesn't. It doesn't set up that reveal. Like, it's a surprise. It's a twist. I feel like this kind of alludes to our conversation where we were talking about Blade Runner 2049. Like, imagine going into Blade Runner 2049 not knowing that Harrison Ford's character was in that movie. But you know that can't happen. In today's day and age where it's hard enough to make people go out to the movies and go Mm -hmm. pay. If you have an A-lister, you got to plug him. How are you plug Mark Ruffalo Exactly. How are you not going to hide him? How are you not going to have him in all the press junkets? Yeah, I kind of had a great experience watching Blade Runner 2049 because I watched it like at the uh, the Loma Grill. Like, like completely completely, like impromptu. I did not think about it. I just sat down and like for a little bit, I forgot the Harrison Harrison Ford was in the movie. I was like, oh, right. And I just kind of focused on Ryan Gosling. And yeah. that was a really nice And time. then you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, I, oh I didn't know about anything about this, you know, the the MacGuffin or Deus Ex Machina or whatever, the, the 2049, that, yeah. that character. Yeah. that I had no idea about any great of that. Great surprise. Such a great surprise. Yeah. All right. Well, um, one last thing before we start to wrap up. I just wanted to say that one of the main, um, I guess, gripes I have this movie, and it's something I'm still struggling with, is like, I know Taika Waititi wanted this to be his own film. Like, he wanted to have ownership of of this. He didn't want this to be just another Marvel film. And it definitely feels like a Taika film. Like It feels independent of other Marvel movies. He successfully did it. But at what cost? (laughs) Because in the end of this film, Asgard is destroyed, and it should be a very emotional moment, and it's, it, it's undercut but, by uh, a fucking joke, a good did joke. You, yeah. did it's you, a great joke. You didn't. You didn't. We were talking. But did like you understand? The, Asgard is a people, not a place. <laughs> yeah, I was very said as was repeated yeah. like four times. Yeah. And then Heimdall the movie. said it too. Yeah. Like, Wait, yeah. How did you? And, <laughs> and like we were saying earlier, were you in the dream too. Or? Yeah. It sets up Bruce Wayne says that if he turns into the Hulk again. He's yeah. not going Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, 
I wish you guys didn't say anything. I was into this yeah. Bruce Banner. Bruce fucking Banner. Okay, yeah, me. Okay, so this is actually as good the bat flick says. Yeah, no, me and Ernie Mark, were talking about this. So Mark the, Ruffalo, it's set up that if he turns into the Hulk, he's not going to yeah, come he's back. Like, and then he's he like, I don't know if I'll come back. back. And then he, it seems like he dies. So if Marvel, if Disney Did? had teeth, they'd kill him. But they're not going to do Wait, that. You mean Ruffalo? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So so they kill Banner. Banner, Banner has I, the line. Yeah, if yeah, I yeah. turn into the Hulk, I will not yeah, come that's back. A common thing, and yeah. you see, and he goes into the, the shot Hulk again. that like, he looks dead. He looks dead oh, when you he. Think he died. I didn't take it that way. No, well, no, no. Taika, Taika sets it up. He sets yeah. it up, it's and he's joke. like, "Hey, yeah. but, but he's dead." It, but you know, I thought. You but in the end, I mean, whenever they're just like having their talk, they're all there on the spaceship together. Like he's Hulk. He's Hulk. He's not Bruce Banner. He's Hulk. But they don't address it at all. They don't address him being Banner. I interpret that more as, and also because they basically said this is what they're doing: is that they're. this is just kind of like them ex- op- opening the concept to be explored more in the next two Avengers. Which yeah, and I good, think bad, that whatever. Infinity War is really going to dive into this idea. I feel like uh, Black Widow is going to come back, and I feel <laughs> like that's going to be the part where he's probably going to turn to Bruce Banner for the yeah. last time. Ooh, yeah. And oh I think God, that yeah. after Infinity War, we could have a Planet Hulk movie. Cool. The, well, sh- the shoulder rubs while saying the sun's going down made me really sun's happy. Going yeah. Yeah. Sun's, sun's, sun's going down. Sun's going down, buddy. Which, don't worry. Speaking <laughs> of that, I was uh, in the Taika Waititi. Uh, uh, interview I was listening to he talks about pretty much that entire uh, scene where they're just like walking around the streets that was all improv that's so and good. that's why it's, it's such a great scene and everything their conversation comes across so naturally is because you can tell the characters are really listening to each other because right. they don't know what the other one's going yeah. to say so they and have works, to listen to the it works so, so well great yeah. jokes in that improv just like the um, I, just, I don't want to make you laugh every time but it's just like you're using me to get to, you're just using me to get to the Hulk I don't like yeah. you're not He's my like, friend no no <laughs> I love the other. I don't like the other. Well, guy. see, I, I did hear. I did hear. Feige said that um, they plan because they don't have the rights to make a solo Hulk film. They plan yeah. on this being the first act of a overarching That's Hulk storyline about the banner. I don't think Banner's dead yet because then there's no storyline. Yeah, you know? so this is just part one of like a three part arc that they're gonna do with Hulk. I think what I think you know whether or not you know the joke definitely did undercut the uh, the. Asgard being destroyed, which I was telling uh, during the while well, you're in the bathroom that that uh, like, like TD basically coughed to like just wanting to do that very badly during an interview. He's yeah, like, can yeah. you believe that? Let me do it. It's so YTT. Yeah, you know it, where where but. most people would go. For a it's dramatic like, the moment, yeah. he just still goes there. for a joke. It can be a, it can be <laughs> a shelter for all. Yeah. Oh, just get, oh, no, no, but, but the, the idea of Thor as the king of like a refugee people is like the coolest idea to end yeah. like a Thor movie yeah. that I can think of. That's like yeah. that's why I feel like that's the Winter Soldier. Like you shook this up so much. Mm. I I really want to see where you go next, which I never thought about. Thor, also, to that know? point, I think that. This kind of gave me, I mean, as much as you say, like, I think that everybody is starting to experience a little bit of Marvel fatigue. Oh, we, yeah. But I do too. this this does give me a little bit more hope in the Marvel franchise that they are willing to give people a little bit more of a creative voice. Of course. Yeah. Um, Yo, Taika Waititi would have been fired from a Disney they movie. They talked about. <laughs> from, a, from a Star, from Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, oh, from yeah. Star Wars. Well, leading into that, I mean. They talked about uh, why TT has said before that one of the reasons why he had so much creative fil- uh, freedom while filming this is this wasn't shot in Atlanta like oh, all it was the in other. Australia. It was all shot in New Zealand and Australia. So they, it was so physically it was pretty more separated. Independent. Yeah. And in Atlanta, they were busy with Black Panther and uh, Spider-Man: Inf- Homecoming. And Infinity War. Black well, prepping, well, prepping well, those two th- things were being shot at the same time oh, as okay. uh, that was Black Panther and Spider-Man: Homecoming. Right. Or being shot in Atlanta. So Feige, Feige was more so, in Atlanta. Yeah, so 
they really, uh, Feige and them didn't get a hold of uh, anything that was going to happen with the final cut of this until post. And then when they got into post, uh, YTT's talked about he was sent the screener and he was really nervous to see like how much was going to get cut out. He was worried his entire core character was going to be completely <laughs> cut out of the movie. And as not. soon as they saw him in there and they saw it, they left and the they rock, paper, scissors <laughs> joke in there. They were like, he was like, all right, cool. All and right. The, I'm, so I'm the into solution this. is they film in, in a different continent. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Literally, um, just don't under. shoot in Atlanta. That's how to get freedom. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do you guys want to do the list? Yeah. yeah. Before, okay. so, before we wrap up, we're yeah. going to tr- attempt to try to go through where this stands on our ranking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm. So I'll I'm go first. To hear what you guys uh, first, say. first things first, let's try to do this concisely. How about we, in like five sentences, try to distill where we all feel about the Marvel project as a whole? I, I really enjoy it, and I feel like we have to surrender to the fact that this <laughs> is just going to keep going forever until <laughs> the end 50. of time. Well, so until, as long as they're still good, like, I mean, fine. superhero genres are eventually going to hit that Western wall that Westerns did. Yeah, the bubble's going to pop. That, will, yeah, the yeah. bubble is going to pop. So I feel like as much as we're feeling fatigue, we kind of have to be along for the ride as long as this lasts, because it's not going to last forever. As much as Disney would like for it to last forever, it's not going no, to last I'm, forever. I'm emotionally checked out after uh, Infinity War. I'm like, okay, whatever, next, I don't really care that much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll so, see where we okay. stand on this in as two far as, years. As far as Thor goes, though, I'm like, we, we disagree on some points, but we can all agree that it's worth seeing. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. definitely. Um, as far as Marvel goes, I, I'm lower on superhero movies than almost any dude I've ever talked to. <laughs> Uh, with that said, there's no way to not call the Marvel project a smash success. Oh yeah, they like mean, monetarily obviously. Okay, I want to prove it. I also want to say like it's not like Thor is going to be in my top five movies of the year or anything, mm-hmm. but I still think it's an enjoyable blockbuster movie. <laughs> like it's a blockbuster. Like it's five for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. yeah. No, I, I'm just adorable. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. Like I like the movie. I had issues with it. I liked it. That's how I feel about every Marvel. movie. It's a good <laughs> I Marvel, like them and I have issues with it. It's a good Marvel. If you like the Marvels, you'll like this Marvel. <laughs> if you like the Marvel movies. <laughs> Yeah. For me, I had fatigue very, very badly in 2016 and 2015. I think that Civil War and Doctor Strange were pretty okay. I did not like Doctor Strange. Doc- yeah, Doctor that. Strange is toward what the bottom frustra- of my list. What frustrates the hell what? out of me about Doctor Strange is that it, the entire conceit is that it's a magical character that can do anything. Imagination is the only thing in your way. Mm. And they give it the most generic, like, derivative but script. That's honestly, all time. It's, And the visual. Honestly, it's visually stunning. It is. Oh, I, it's higher than it's higher my list than you. <laughs> but it's, uh, is this something that I don't know? Don't worry about it. Just visually don't. stunning is true. Trademark by uh, Honestly, we bought a mic. Uh, do you need yeah. a, a napkin? Or? <gasps> we all we did all just poopy in our pants. Yeah, so I I think in particular the 2017 between Guardians 2 and Spider Man and Ragnarok. I think these this has been the strongest year Marvel's had in a very long it's time. It's way better than 2016. Yeah. So for me, this has been the year I'm like I think I can hang on to this a little while longer. I th- I think Spider Man was like a stupid good high school superhero movie like mm. i love i i've always wanted okay like, a high drew school has movie. not seen spider-man Dude. but i just want to say <laughs> so that the twist in spider-man oh my lord i did yeah. not see that great. shit coming yeah. at all and yeah. i was so happy and my my, li- my I little loved bro- yeah that twist my little brother and i have always wanted like a good 
high school Spider-Man movie, and then like I text, I'm like, hey, it's like that thing that like we never I mean, thought was going to happen. Homecoming is it's the most faithful. I mean, I would say it's yeah. my favorite Spider-Man movie because it's, oh, it's not, yeah. but <laughs> I think it's mine. the most faithful to the comics. Spider-Man, that, that original. Yeah, I, I like I like most of them. Not really the Tommy Maguire, uh, the Andrew Garf ones. I do like the Tommy Maguire ones. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then, and then and then Guardians Two is I think weirdly a flawed ambitious drama and i kind of respect it for that like it's that movie is consistently swinging for the fences it doesn't hit the all garfield the garfield 2 what's that the garfield sequel yeah garfield yeah, 2 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, garfield 2 that's, well, it's, when, it's when he goes to um london that like the yeah. that's like the character really comes <laughs> and then to emma stone no i just i love Guardians of the galaxy 2 is just such an odd aggressive it's trying so hard to like like just get great Tales drama two kitties is T- the name by the way thank wow. you Tales. thank Tales. you gaia so i'm enjoying it so far so yeah all right I've got so let's list. let's dive into the list i'll i'll just go first and just try to run through all of these i'll uh i'll do the bottom half first Wait what? So yeah. <laughs> so <what>? my <laughs> wait now. Come on. What is? I'm confused. <laughs> no. Like, where are you boy. going? Okay. Because <laughs> I just want to get the bottom half out of the way. Also, like, we don't care about so, so nine to seventeen. I've never seen the Incredible Hulk or Iron Man three. I've seen parts of Iron Man three. Oh, dude. But I didn't want to put it in my list just because I've never seen all of it. I've seen like the last act of Iron Man three. It seemed fun. It seemed pretty middle of the pack for me. Uh, yeah. I, from what I gathered again, of it. Okay, yeah, so let, we'll get to that. So, okay. Ernest, hit it. Buddy. Okay, so number nine for me is Age of Ultron. That sounds about right. Ten <laughs> is Ant-Man. Eleven is Iron Man 3. Uh, Twelve is Doctor Strange. Thirteen is Captain America, the first Avenger. Fourteen, Iron Man 2. Fifteen, Thor. Sixteen, Incredible Hulk. And 17, Thor the Dark World. We have three matching numbers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then, okay. Yeah, I got um, Ant-Man for 10, Doctor Strange for 12, and Thor the Dark World for 17. Because that's where they belong. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's So both, Thor the Dark World is your most, is your worst Dude, I, I, Marvel again, movie? I don't, there's nothing to say about okay, it. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I actually, I. I it's bad. It's I know, because I, I, I looked at, I took, I copped a quick peek at Ernest's list so I knew that my Marvel list was <laughs> going to differ from his yeah. mine's a but, little um, different clearly my least favorite Marvel movie of all time and I know you guys both disagree with this is the first Thor movie I just yeah. I really I know it's made by yeah. Kenneth Branagh who's a solid filmmaker great, but I just great Lockhart yeah great Lockhart <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I think Natalie Portman is the most like forgettable person I've ever seen in a movie in that movie. <laughs> she is so generic. I don't give a shit about her. Um, my second least favorite Marvel. I'm just going to go from bottom to top. Should we, should basically, we, should we do all of our list and then move or yeah. Just run through them real top, quick. Top okay. five. So I'm just, I'm just going to work from worst to first. Okay, cool. Um, I'll do that. So first. Thor, then I have captain the first Avenger pretty generic origin story it's kind of like very we're gonna have eh. we're gonna have different lists <laughs> okay yeah i really i don't really care for the first avenger like it's yeah. it's fine um iron man 2 is my third least favorite then i have thor the dark world again i'm not gonna say thor the dark world is a great movie is a good movie or anything i don't think it's a very good movie but i also i think that it's about on par with iron man 2 i think both of them are not very good movies with fun moments in them. Yeah. And that's about how I'd categorize them. Then I have Doctor Strange. That's 
or am I just gonna go through my list at this point? Okay. Well, yeah. Well. Okay. What is it? We'll Doctor Strange. Top at the yeah. end. Then I just have the Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron and Doctor Strange are. I really don't like Age of Ultron. <laughs> Age of Ultron is three hours long, so and long. I never want to watch that movie again. So long. It was a slug. T- I've seen that movie twice. Second time was a real slug. I, I had my, my roommate Michael try to watch it once. He fell asleep within the first hour. Oh, yeah, boy. dude. It's, <laughs> it's, you, it's rough to get through. Yeah. Then I have Ant-Man. Which number is and, Ant-Man, by the way? Uh, you know the number. Never mind. Um, I have Ant-Man is, of course, I've only had 15 of the 17. <laughs> you forgot too I, I didn't want to put Incredible Hulk. <laughs> or Iron Man 3. I've seen parts of both of them, but I didn't want to rank them because I've never seen all of them. So I have Ant-Man at uh, number nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I The reason why I like Ant-Man and why I put it above some other movies is just because there's little remnants of Edgar Wright that are still in there mm-hmm. that I really appreciate. <laughs> I know it's not an Edgar Wright movie, yeah, it's but like, I appreciate it's, it's those like moments of caveman Edgar Wright. DNA in the human. Yeah. Like, I'm still there. You're still there. Like, like Ant-Man. No, well, <laughs> TJ Miller is great in Ant-Man as True. like the good friend. I, wait, what? Uh, Michael Pena? <laughs> Michael Pena? Are you thinking of Deadpool? <laughs> I am thinking. <laughs> you know what? Ant Man's the worst Marvel movie. <laughs> Fuck Ant Man. No, no C- CJ Miller. Zero right, just, stars. Just no. get through the, okay. the rest real quick. Um, after Ant Man, I have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Ooh. Okay. I have it fair. I have it eighth on my list. Oh, okay. me too. Yeah, I'm not. Eh, it's very. It. It's very good. I. I it's fine. Um, then I have Spider Man Homecoming seventh. Then I have Thor Ragnarok. I have all three uh, 2017 Marvel movies all in a row this year. Then I have Avengers. To be honest, Thor Ragnarok and Avengers are n- like right there on par for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not that high on Avengers. I think Avengers is kind of a convoluted mess, if I can be completely <laughs> honest. I know some people at this table might have it as their favorite Marvel movie. <laughs> Ernest. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I like Avengers, but like I just... It's it's a little bit convoluted for me. Then after Avengers, as my fourth, I have Guardians of the Galaxy. Number three, I have Winter Soldier. Mm. I like Winter Soldier. I really I like it. Winter Soldier a lot. A number two, Iron Man, and number one is Civil War for me. Right. Oh my I god! I love Civil War. I don't give a what shit part? what anybody says. There's no CGI messes in that movie. No giant islands That's falling That's on point. them. Yeah. Like it's but all they do really fight well in a parking act. lot. It's an airport, my man. An airport. A fucking airport. <laughs> I, I don't no, yeah. I, and yeah, go on. The, the thing that I like about Civil War was it finally took the turn, aside from Doctor Strange, where <laughs> you actually give a shit about the enemies, and the enemies have real motives, and you care about them. Yeah, that's right. The, I mean, what turns out to be, like, the enemy of Civil War is just a guy who is a victim of Sokovia, of that whole mess. Yeah, I like that And a lot. I really love that. And it was just this one guy, and all along it was just his his whole mission was to turn this team against each other, and he succeeded. Mm-hmm. Like, they won yeah. in that, in that Him respect. getting there, a little shaky, yeah. but, but... he got there. But, but he, got, he there. got there. <laughs> he got there. You know, man, Sokovia... Again, none of these Baron Marvel Zemo movies are perfect. Is all right, Harry, let's hear okay, your so list. so I'll start from the let's bottom to the top, uh, and I basically have a cutoff point where it's just like, half these movies, I'm probably never going to watch again. The other mm. half, I would watch again, would probably, probably like buy, like to have on my shelf. All right, so 
17 movies, worst the best. Uh, number 18 is Marvel's Iron Fist. 18? <laughs> we need to include what? Marvel's Iron <laughs> Fist. That's Mar- actually my number zero. <laughs> yeah. Marvel's Iron Fist is the worst thing I've seen than, in television. Uh, for in a humans? While. I think, no, Iron Fist is way worse. Do you know Iron why? Fist is the worst. Because Iron Fist, again, nothing happened, and it's 13 episodes. <laughs> I will episodes never of see it. No. You, no. Did you watch all of it? No, I watched five, and oh, I watched okay. the end. I got yeah, was, I'm not watching 13 episodes. Okay. And humans is bad, but it's like colorful and dumb bad. It's just different. You know, right, I can like. It's like it's like, it's like it's like comparing like a dumpster fire to like going to the dentist. I'd rather hang out with the dumpster fire. All right. Where's the best? Okay. So uh, <laughs> number 17, I got Thor the Dark World because I've got nothing to say about it, honestly. Uh, number 16 for me is Iron Man 2, which is always going to be like a like one of the most disappointing movies I've ever seen. Am I am I yeah. wrong? Am I conflating this with Transformers 2 or is that also a writer's strike movie? I think it is. I think it is. It is a writer's strike movie. Iron Man 2 was like what I was worried the MC was going to be in that it was like a movie that was too crowded, too much advertising yeah. for the next movie. I was disappointed by it. Yeah, too. lacked any heart. Hey, Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Uh, he's he's good. We talked he's I, th- fun. I don't know if we talked but like hey, he's a little fun, you know. Guys, the the race car scene, Iron Man 2. Yeah, vroom vroom. Hey, there are fun scenes. All right. No, uh, continue. Yeah, let's <laughs> not. <yeah. laughs> Uh, number, number the fifth, number fifteen is the Incredible Hulk, which I think is like an incredibly adequate, fine. Mo- it's like uh, again, I, 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 when the original Avengers came out, my entire family, excluding my mom, of course, is that we all watched the Phase One movies leading up to the Avengers each night. Okay, and I was like, Iron Man One, we're like, yeah, this is gonna be great. We're having so much nope. fun watching all these, and then Hulk was like. We were so bored. <laughs> it was really quick, boring. Quick hot take. Yeah, Angley's Hulk is significantly I can, yeah. better. Honestly, the older I get, but I think I can agree with good? that. But is it good? Probably not. Oh. No. All right, it's all right. not. To answer your question, it's not. <laughs> Number 14, uh, The Avengers Age of Ultron, which actually kind of mirrors my feelings on Iron Man 2. It's got good moments, mostly just advertising for other movies. And mm, yeah. uh, it's just like that that shit with Thor in the lake with the Infinity Ultron. Stone. Very just, generic. Yeah. Ultron was yeah. a setup movie. It was, and I, that, I, that's what I hate. A three-hour setup and I didn't, movie. I didn't appreciate that. The opening know. scene is dope. Yeah, it's yeah, great. It, I mean, it had great moments, but I didn't appreciate being brought into every, a theater to every, be set up for other shit. Every yeah. one of these movies has great scenes that you can totally watch on YouTube and not watch the entire movie if the movie's boring, like Age of Ultron. Uh, 13 is uh, Thor, because again, I like it more than you guys, but it's not like a masterpiece or a slam dunk mm. by any margin. So uh, many Dutch angles. <laughs> I never the forget Dutch those Dutch angles. <laughs> you wake up thinking about those Dutch angles. I, do, I have nightmares of Natalie Portman walking towards <laughs> the screen <laughs> with a Dutch angle. Yeah. 12 is Doctor Strange, which I just think is like definitely against like that's what like it's it's one of the more assembly made movies where that that's a movie where it did not need as much comedy as it did. It it, like that movie's basic theme is that he's a a really mean bad guy that just gets hurt a lot and basically uses that. Quick aside, can we agree that Thor Ragnarok is the best Doctor Strange movie? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean he yes. Him being in that movie did not make any sense. But it was fun. But I I I was on board with it. Yeah. I was um, cool with it. Doctor Strange has a really great final act, and there's actually like one line I really love in Doctor Strange when he's like song like keeps you know I've come to bargain. He keeps well, like, getting his Dan Harmon had his had his oh, hands that on that. Him? Yeah, and yeah. There's, there's this one part I really like in it where he's like like Dormammu is like, will you keep you know getting beat up or dying or whatever? And he's like, it's it's all good. Like Pain's an old friend. Like that is a really interesting movie. Yeah. Why didn't we get that movie? <laughs> Uh, then so then eleven I actually have Captain America's Civil War which is just Damn. like I, I like it a lot I, I like really it a lot I like it a lot but I just I have no desire to watch it again I I just 
I don't know. Just that kind of like angry, sad superhero thing isn't my bag per se as much as the other stuff. It's it's good. It's well done. It's just like not my favorite flavor. Uh, Ten, I have Ant Man, which I think is definitely the most like assembly line movie Marvel's ever had, but also is very funny. I'm and a I'm a big Paul Rudd fan. Yeah, I it's, love it's Paul very Rudd. done. Yeah. yeah, we're actually okay now that we're past Ant Man, we're at the point of movies like I I I like all of these. Uh, nine, I got Iron Man because you know it's just oh, it's a little low. Wow, it the is, original Iron Man. Yeah, I mean it's it's very well done. It's very fun, but like they've made better movies. You know. Uh, yeah. For example, number eight, and this one I think I get some shit for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I think Ooh. is that's where I have it. I have it mine at number. I eight, I think too. it's a really interesting, ambitious drama. I, I like that it's like it's not just trying to make the same jokes. It's doing something new. It doesn't work all the time, but I kind of like that it's just flawed in that way. Uh, seven, I have Iron Man Three, which I think was like the proto hilarious really well done I like how they troll the fans in that movie okay they're just like you thought we were going one way fuck you don't get me on the Mandarin (laughs) thing man that's one of the dumbest complaints I've ever seen there who are these Mandarin fans in the comics community (laughs) I've been reading comics since I was in middle school I don't know anyone's like oh I love the Mandarin like he's a fucking like Chinese like caricature it's really (laughs) shitty and so like like, oh Ben Kingsley's funny and I like this twist like I when when people start getting angry about the man, that's also like, it's a Shane Black movie. Shane Black yes! got yeah. to make a I Shane, love Black. Shane Black. Yeah, it's so like people it's not liking Iron Man three because the Mandarin isn't a ba- like. I I just they need to go get some sun. Like I don't know. <laughs> uh, number six, I'm gonna put Thor Ragnarok. I I really liked it. Uh, if you want to know why I liked it, rewind thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for five for me, I again just because again this movie just makes me really happy. It's Spider Man Homecoming. I just it. Is just a slam dunk, perfect Spider-Man movie. It just Spiderman, Spiderman, yeah. Spiderman. Four, I've got Captain America: The Winter Soldier, which Great is movie. probably their best movie. It's not my favorite though. It's just like this yeah. is like the most well-made, the most like thematically cohesive, most entertaining, the it's closest like, thing to a film. A film, yeah, yeah. It's got a that ba- it's got that balance right between humor and drama, and just it, it just did and like you know, it does matter. You know, it shakes things up for the entire like universe, which you know I do appreciate it when it's done well. For me, number three, I've got the Avengers, just because uh, that feeling. Yeah, yeah, just watching that movie in the theater, just that Joss Whedon kind of thing. It just it, it was amazing. Number two, I've got Captain America: The First Avenger. <laughs> Are you fucking wow. kidding me? Very high. No kidding way. Me? Very high. And no way. I was wondering. I was like, did I space out and just like totally miss you <laughs> skimming over the first Avenger guys, when you were going through like wow. It's all about the movies that make me the most happy. And I like the the the, uh, the seeing this movie with my brother and my dad and just like how Hugo Weaving really got to you. <laughs> Hugo Weaving. <laughs> just, just how very unabashedly corny and it's dorky so it was. It's so corny. Yeah, it it's is. The corniest and shit I I've love ever it. seen. And it's just and just he 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 makes like Chris Evans makes Captain America like like fun to watch. Yeah, I, I think we I possible. think we found Harry's favorite Chris. Yeah, <laughs> I found my favorite Chris. And like we we watch this movie a lot. Like this is a like I love Captain America. And like again, there are better made movies, but like they don't make me as happy as Captain America does, just because of Chris uh, Evans' abs. So moving on. <laughs> And then number one, just like again, like just the most fun I've had with any of these movies is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice, it's just number been, one. worthy yeah. number that one. That movie, like yeah. I, I still think about Good. like watching. I think watching that movie just it's like the best time I've had. Yeah. In, How many in times a while. do you think you've watched it? Uh, probably four. Okay, <laughs> and it's better each time in theaters and DVD. I don't know. That's oh, a true. Thing. You okay. mean Blu-ray? Blu-ray? The yeah. fuck is DVD? <laughs> fucking wait, sorry. Wait, I'm like, sorry. <laughs> I think it just had some static in Am my I, ear. Do I, I just got like, to do like DVDs. the, the anti cum thing where I get like yeah. thrown out of the area. Can I see you in the kitchen really quick? <laughs> <laughs> Why um, are you holding a bat? I don't like this. Um, 
Okay, yeah. so I didn't make a list. I'm just gonna have some thoughts on a few yeah. of the specific movies that I want to talk well, about. Well, what's your what, what's your favorite? It's honestly, it's either one of the Guardi- Guardians one or the first Iron Man. I like the first Iron Man because it is untethered. It is not. It has no obligations to it John that Favreau. are visible to you. It sets the tone. It doesn't follow a tone. I it, also heavily improvised. Fair. Yeah, it yeah. just it Fabro had and, and it had a Downey feel Jr. to it that just gave me a it, it's the only one of these movies that gave me just a true magical theater experience. Um the Guardians movies I'm really high on. I I enjoy those a lot because I like I like more humor in my Marvel movies. I don't enjoy melodrama in the context of superheroism unless it's dark and Marvel doesn't do very much dark stuff. Ant-Man I didn't like. Huh. Uh I thought I love Paul Rudd. I thought the humor wasn't good in that movie. I didn't well, laugh. A, a little context. <laughs> okay, don't talk about this. this is a bit. The only time I saw Ant-Man, it was an online rip of the movie where there was a big like lens flare of light in the middle of the screen so they wouldn't get a copyright infringement. JJ, get... J- JJ, don't. Stop. Yeah, exactly. It was a very low quality <laughs> like, said, I, like phone the, recording. That said, though, just script wise, I the jokes yeah, no, didn't. I'm starting land. to think you That's just couldn't enough. look past the lens. Well, what was up with that giant screen. beam of light, guys? <laughs> Why did they do that? There's this dumb beam of light in the movie. Why did they kick out Edgar Wright and put JJ <laughs> Abrams in? Like, what the hell? Yeah, is definitely one of the biggest missed opportunities. Uh, yeah, ever I had. just yeah, it's even really like annoying. I was able to see past the lights. Okay, the biggest like the biggest problem with Ant Man is when you think about what it could have exactly. been. Exactly, that, that, that is the better. biggest problem with um the Thor movies. Like you guys, I'm really low on the first two. The third one, even though I. I was, you know, I was a proponent of all the issues I had with it. It's still in my upper half of all the Marvel yeah, movies. Yeah, it's a really it's fun movie. Good. So would you say Ant-Man is your least favorite Marvel movie? No. What is your no. least favorite? It's Dark World. Probably like Iron Man 2 or some shit. It's Tell me it's the first Thor. It's one of the Thors. Yeah. Or, both. <laughs> it's one of the <laughs> Thors or movie. Iron Man 2 or I'm not super high on the Captains. Uh, to be honest, I I mean, the first Captain America movie is my. It's funny. It's your second from the top. It's, it's my crazy, second from the though. bottom. I've never. I, 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 I smiled so much watching that. Movie. I think it makes that's my heart what's so. so happy. I think that's what's so crazy about the Marvel movies is that how close they are in quality to each other just reflects that people can have drastically different yeah. lists yeah. in which you yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Which brings for. us to the second half of my list. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna go <laughs> too in depth because we got to wrap it up. But I'll just go through number eight. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Number seven, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Six, Captain America Civil War. Great movie. Se- uh, five, Guardians Volume 2. Four, Guardians 1. Three, Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Two, Captain America the Winter Soldier. And number one, The Avengers. Okay. Yeah. I fucking <laughs> love The Avengers. Just... I know it's not a perfect movie, but it's my personal yeah. favorite. I saw this film four times in the theater and each time I had a fucking blast. That's a movie where the, a bunch of superheroes team up to fight like an alien armada in a wormhole of space. Yeah. It's just like that that wasn't So a you must thing be really then, excited you know? for Justice League. Shut then. up. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get him started on Suicide Squad. Oh boy. <laughs> no, guys. By the way, Suicide Squad and Batman V Superman were like my original like dumpster fire and the trip to the dentist <laughs> comparisons. I watching Good. Batman V Superman was the biggest waste of money. I lost my wallet in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> like on in more ways. Pins. In more ways than <laughs> one. More, no. yeah. But was it all just a dream? 
dream sequence. No. Uh, well, my card, my, my ID just said Martha a lot on it. I don't know if that was a bad. Just, sorry. No, <laughs> Everyone, yeah. No, I, I'm not going to go too in-depth with these. You know, you'll just have to listen to future episodes for me to give my I, take. I just, but. I think it's funny that we have uh, our our list for our favorite Marvel movies of the year are flipped between your and my. And, yeah. and I think we have the same list for our favorite Marvel movies in the year. I'd go Thor, Spider-Man, yeah. Guardians 2, and you'd go Guardians well, 2, Spider-Man I, 4. I really enjoyed Ragnarok the first watch, and then when I saw it a second time, I just did not care for any of the Asgard stuff. Like, I, yeah, I it scary. totally lost me. It, I thought it... I thought Taika had the potential to make a better film that he just wasn't allowed to because of the circumstances. But it it was still a really really fun movie, and I still I still give it an eight. I think my solid like light eight. I'd give it a nine point five. That's just me. I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I think I kind of my tastes are changing. Where I'm starting to appreciate movies like Guardians of the Galaxy two more than Spider Man Homecoming. Like these are different genres. I, what am I saying? I teared up. I teared <laughs> Whoa, up. During Harry, Guardians are you too. sure? Okay. I will say one thing that I think was but, a serious problem with Spider Man Homecoming that I appreciated more about Thor is Thor Ragnarok. I think can live independently in Taika Waititi's filmography as mm-hmm. it's its own Somewhat. independent film. I, I it's think very it does. close to it. I don't know. I think it does. I think, it does. I think it, would when you look at how drastically different tonally it is from yeah. any other Thor movie. I think it can live independently as his own film. Where with Homecoming, that movie doesn't exist without eight other Marvel movies that came before. Yeah. I w- was not to, you know, pull my rug out from under me, but like like again, Guardians Two is a weird movie where James Gunn is really trying to do something about family and that how family is kind of shitty sometimes. He just mm. And like again, it doesn't work all the time, but when it does, I really like it. And I think I'm starting to enjoy that kind of thing more than like more competently made movies like Spider-Man Homecoming or you know, like Civil War. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah, it's I mean, I, I, I like I that's that. fair. Yeah, yeah that's I, I have more fun fair. talking about it and thinking about it than like you know. I, like, you know why I like Guardians two over Thor is the fluidity of the better. movie. <laughs> I think I think it just flows as a movie. It's a singular plot line, which I mean, the Guardians is way less tethered than most of the other Marvel movies. Oh yeah, absolutely. Also, Kurt Russell is a hundred times better than Cate Blanchett. Yeah, yeah. Not in terms yeah. of acting, yeah, not ability, in general, but in the movie. But I, uh, the character, <laughs> you like, get your misogynist. Bullshit out of I here. Just, it's, like, it's like Guardians too. Like there, there are plot lines that are just not that good. Like Gamora and Nebula, or the stuff with Rocket and Yondu. But like as a whole, it just feels more, just more of like a special thing. And like, the, like he tried to do something there. It's more exactly. Cohesive. It's a fluid whole just, project. Yeah. I don't know. I it's just like a movie. I feel like, like a, James. I feel like James Gunn got too much control on Guardians too. I think James bit. Gunn is. Like, I don't think he's as good of a director as the Russo brothers or as Taika Waititi even. And I think that that kind of comes through. I think he may be better suited for this type of movie than Taika Waititi, though. Yeah. I mean... I like Taika Waititi more, but I think James Gunn is more of a Marvel uh, guy. Would James Gunn be better on a Thor movie? Because that's a weird question. I can't picture that at all. Mm. I think Taika Waititi would be better in a Guardians movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. see, mm. you got to think that James Gunn, <laughs> he's already had two movies going on to three under his belt in the MCU. Taika, yeah. this is his first one, so we'll have to see I, I, I think, if he does another one. I think the Guardians trilogy will be the only movies I will consider buying on Blu-ray mm. and putting it on my shelf. That's, that's Wait, the- so are you saying you don't own almost 250 Blu-rays on two different uh, media shelves, and now you need to go buy a third media 
trivia shelf because you are, are you, just are you telling me is this a test that I have to like answer because I do have that problem. Yeah. Are you saying you don't regularly use the term wait, media shelf? Wait a second. <laughs> that wait we a all second. say all the are time. Are you guys all saying that you're not considering buying the Silent Night Deadly Night Collector's Edition <laughs> Blu-ray with a 12-inch Billy figurine? Okay. Because I sure as hell. Okay, okay. Watched, okay. We, we got to wrap up because Hunter, <laughs> we got Hunter's boner just yeah. like flipped the table. <laughs> Oh God, Here's Hunter's blue ray boner. I do, do want to say, really, I know I didn't keep going. I do want to say what I find interesting about all of our discussions about these movies is like what we all view as the qualifi- the qualities for like the, the the qualities that make a better Marvel movie. Be it feeling standalone, or mm. being competently made, or being you fun, know, fun, or being oddball and ambitious. Like it, it's interesting to find like you know what is the balance that makes like. A movie, you know, stand well on its own while also being part of the puzzle. And that's, I think I th- they're trying to figure out yeah. that too. I personally yeah. feel like Thor Ragnarok's gotten the closest. That's just me. Obviously, I think you know there are other ones. I think you know, like Spider Man is not. Spider Man is very much like a part of the bigger yeah. puzzle. It's yeah. a it's a great piece, but like you know, Guardians two and Thor Ragnarok and. I mean, Avengers two tried. I just don't fucking buy that shit. You know, it's just that they they. Well, feel... we're a completely different point in the series than we were at Avengers two, yeah. and and looking forward, I hope that Coogler can make a Coogler movie with Black Panther. Seems like, and seems I good. I'm very hopeful. You, you know, know, you know, actually, I did. I did think like, oh my god, he's making his own movie. It's gonna be fresh and original. And then that fucking uh, evil Black Panther suit showed up, and I was just like, oh, oh no. yeah, it's like Iron Man one. Yeah, I thought again. we were done with this. With Jeff Bridges, yeah. don't do this. Mm-hmm. All right, boys, let's wrap it up. I'll do uh, it. You can email us at webottomike at gmail.com. Follow our Facebook page. Like us on Instagram at webottomike. Send us your questions. Send us your hate mail. Contact us. Let us know. Especially hate mail. I don't yeah. really give a shit about questions or anything else. Just tell <laughs> us like how much you dislike us. Or yeah, tell this us how guy, much. Harry Lastich's voice sucks. You should beat him up with baseball bats for not having a media shelf. <laughs> you guys got any plugs? Uh, uh, I mean, like, I guess, like, follow me on Twitter. I get on Twitter like once every like three months or so. But like, you know, just like follow me. I guess True. maybe I'll send some. If I got like an influx of followers, that might promote me to get more on Twitter. I don't know. And then God. if you listen to us and you like us, tell your friends about us. Okay. Because otherwise we're just going to sit iTunes. in the void. Okay. Well, I'm at Drew Deetson on Twitter. I already use it, so I'm not going to like tell you to make me use it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm on there. Uh, don't don't even look for me anywhere else, honestly. And follow me, him on Snapchat. You can follow me on at Harry J Sayer, H J and S are capitalized. And also, if you know, if you're in the Orlando area, check out the copy of the Winter Park Maitland Observer newspaper, which I write for and make some really sexy content for. So take some pics. Take some pics. All dogs go to Baldwin. All Park. Dogs. <laughs> That's actually it's all dogs go to Baldwin. Period. 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 Yeah. Park <laughs> in the text, which is cool. And right. you can follow me at Caldernist on Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah, cool all right. stuff. Thanks. Uh, a lot of fun. Thanks for hanging out, guys. It's been a great episode. Yeah. We'll be back next week, um, and the week after that, perhaps, and maybe the week after that. You know. I, yeah. We live in Trump's America. Let's Whoa. not get too optimistic. Yeah, we'll I don't. I don't think more than three weeks at a time anymore. I'm mostly. I like this hip hop music. It makes me want to rap. Here I go and rap. Bye. Rip rap. Rap and I pass the mic to someone else. Yeah, Drew. Rap rap. 
My name on, is Drew. Drew, and I'm here to say Pharrell Williams is back. Oh, yay! Chet, you, Chet fuel can't melt steel beams. <laughs>